five. Now this is most important, Rat. It comes down to making out whenever possible. Put on side one of Rock all over you podcast! Let's rock! Eric and Edwin! Edwin and Eric! They don't give a fuck! They just want you to rock! Yeah! Bam 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 dilly dee! Bam bam bam! See, I'm looking for this one right here. Witchy woman. I'm looking for her. So anybody out there looks like her. I was hoping that when I got it, you know, like the sailors do, you can move a muscle and they can wiggle, but she doesn't do that. What's the name of the next album? Right here, dude. Girls, Girls, Girls. That's the name. They can't change it now because it's tattooed on my arm. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. I think it's going to be our best album ever. And everything deals with just women, motorcycles, booze, everything that, that is Motley Crue, you know, being young, having a good time. And I think it's some of our best stuff so far. <laughs> Favorite video? And here we go with the unfortunate Motley Crue Girls, Girls, Girls review or, or burial, depending on which way you look at it. Me and Edwin are joined by none other than Bushy and Metal fucking Mike from the Plug Podcast. How are you guys doing? All right, all right, all right, man. I'm doing fucking awesome and actually looking forward to doing this. Even oh, though yeah. it's... All right, <laughs> well, anyway, I'm not, I don't want to give any spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having us out, guys. You're, oh, yeah. uh, you're ready to go to tank, but... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll do all I can to save this episode, but you got us on. It's just going downhill. Oh, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. You guys are pretty good. I've listened to your show. You guys have done some pretty damn good episodes. Uh, my favorite's the Motley Crue vs. Rat episode, and I recommend everyone... I, I'm already doing a recommendation. I recommend everyone listen to that episode. If you're going to listen to one episode of the Plug Podcast... That's like my that was one of my favorites was that one. Thanks guys, appreciate that man. Yeah, yeah I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, and they just did a ACDC ranking of the Bon Scott Air, and nice. I, I enjoyed I that as that well. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's always. I don't care how many times I hear people talk about how much they love those albums. I keep doing it again and again. I don't know. There's something wrong with me, but I don't mind hearing it again and again. And it's great. And it was well, because lot, lot Bon Scott era ACDC fucking rules. Oh, you can't go wrong with it. Yeah. yeah. No, come on, man. You know, like, but we're going to be doing the Brian Johnson episodes next. We were supposed to do nice. that last Tuesday, but. Uh, apparently my father needed help installing an air conditioner and nobody bothered to fucking tell me. 
Oh, okay. well, then I get this yeah. call with my dad going, hey, are you coming? I'm like, what are you talking about, Pop? Well, the boys said you were coming. I'm like, oh, and that would be my, my nephew, Kane, and my twin brother, Mark. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, nobody said anything to me, but I'll be right there. Your, your, father, your father talks like a TV dad. Is that his real Not voice? really. This is, no, my, my father. <laughs> I think we all really, get I, I was that giving you voice. the G-rated version because what he really said, because my father is a retired pipe fitter, so that should tell you something. Oh, weird. yeah. Where the yeah. fuck are you? <laughs> and why aren't you fucking here? That's what he actually said. And I was just like, well, I'm sorry, Dad. Nobody told me. God damn it. Pipe fitter. Pipe fitter. Sounds like a, a Ted Nugent song. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that sounds like a damn Gene Simmons song. Yeah. Well, my yeah. dad <laughs> so it kind of works, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Pipe fitter. Oh, yeah. It's my pipe. Thank you for being on the show, guys. It's going to be a lot. There's a curry again to Motley Crue. We're going to talk a bit about Motley Crue because they are involved. Well, everyone except for Tommy Lee, who's just fucking hanging out in a pool because he, you know, he doesn't really like drama. Yeah, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) He just doesn't want to play Motley Crue fucking songs. He doesn't listen. I don't think. Well, we'll talk about this when we get to girls, girls, girls. But I don't think Tommy Lee really likes playing drums post. The 80s. He wants to be a DJ, like, yo, yo, yeah. yo, it's T-Bone Lee, motherfuckers. He just wants to DJ, play some songs, act cool, and fuck some bitches. He doesn't care about music. Yeah. Vegas, not a real young bu- wife. Yeah. You know, Don't, he likes... I mean, do what you want to do, boo. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> uh, hey, Tommy Lee, he's a great porn star. He really <laughs> <laughs> more, people, more people have heard him honk a boat horn with his dick than they've heard the, the album we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, leave the drum into the greats. Tommy, just fuck some bitches. All right, that's anyway. <laughs> Which is why... You're having conversations with your penis, Tommy. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, so he's not... So he's not of course, it's, it's, I feel sorry, though. Feel, I feel sorry for those aging metalhead chicks that paid money to go see Motley Crue live, and they're not getting Tommy Lee. Come on. Yeah, they're only getting one out of the two hot guys in Motley Crue now. <laughs> and let's face it, even Nick, Nikki's number two. Come on. Tommy Lee's the main yeah. for these ladies. Bitches and love Tommy Lee because he's love all skinny white guy with a big dick. They love that shit. They love a that's lanky. That's why they love me. Yeah, that's why they love Bushy. They love a lanky <laughs> hand that's hung like a horse. <laughs> and... You know, they're not getting them now. So I feel like they, they should get their money back, you know. But, and half of them are going to go not more than half by not even knowing that. They're going to be, eh, Tommy. And then he's not going to be there. But yeah, anyway, he's going to be Tommy, all right. Songs. He plays but, as long as he can. Then he talks but, to the crowd. and So he does. Show, he he come out, the, talk to the crowd. The, he's going to you know, do a dick solo. You know, they're right. going to get a boat horn out there. Just, uh, uh, uh. And the crowd's gonna cheer. Okay, well that'll probably be enough. It might be better too that way because anytime. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so I mean, he comes out, he plays till he can't anymore. <laughs> you know, he comes from behind the kit, and that Tommy Fufato comes on, and you know he talks to the crowd. Hell, down in Atlanta, he's talking about ribs being broken, and he threw a bunch of barbecue ribs out into the crowd and getting beers and shit. He interacts with the crowd before leaving, and he comes back to do the piano parts for Home Sweet Home. He's still participating. Right, so Tommy like, Lee's dick so big he's got a dick he's got a rib cage in his dick. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah. Phil Collins in Genesis Live if Phil Collins 
couldn't sing and play, you know, it, it, but Phil Collins could sing and play drums. That's the only difference. All <laughs> 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 you know he needs to do, he needs to just not play drums and just do like the, the titty cam they did on the Carnival of Sins tour where he, he just, he literally like instead of a drum solo, he comes out with a camcorder and just starts filming chicks showing their titties and just starts going like, yeah, show them titties, oh, yeah. And they play like a beat or something in the background. Like, that would be more honest. I feel like that's well, see, what you don't understand, Eric, is that you you are explaining in perfect detail right now why guys like to go to heavy metal shows. And even though everyone makes fun of Motley Crue and Def Leppard and Poison, for some reason Joan Jett gets a pass. There's going to be a lot of tits out at these shows. Well, here's the yeah. thing, though: the, the fans of like man. Motley Crue and Def Leppard, yeah. all the females, they're all like pretty old now. They're not soccer yeah. mates, They're soccer yeah. grandmas. Those tits are going to be hanging all the ground. <laughs> Come on. Someone needs to pick, they need their boyfriends to pick up the kids like so they can, the band can see them. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be community titties, as Chris Rock calls it. It's going to be fucking private titties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, the chicks at a Motley Crue like show were, were some man. Get the fuck out. <laughs> the chicks at a Motley Crue and Def Leppard show are so old and they're so slutty. I mean, like, like... Going down on one of those girls is like eating an Arby's sandwich underwater. It's pretty bad, dude. You don't want to mess with that shit. Oh, it's not bring good. A, bring a towel and dive in. Put the <laughs> yeah, that's where, where do you think the term blue waffle came from? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, it's it's going to be so ugly. Even Joan Jett won't want to look out the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll go, oh, I think uh. I don't love her. No, uh, I'm fucking some yeah, younger, I, I hotter hate girl than this. For at one point, loving Motley Crue. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, well, okay. So, so Mike, what do you think of uh, the state? Are, are you going to see the stadium tour? Um, fuck no. <laughs> uh, never would I ever fucking go see any of those. Okay, let me put it this way: Motley Crue '83, '84. Hell yeah, I would have went. Uh, yeah. Def Leppard after. Uh, from all through the night through Pyromania, fuck yeah. Poison, never, ever, fucking, ever would I be caught fucking dead in a Poison show. So, uh, yeah, dude, I, back in the day, I, I love those bands. It's like um, a while back, you know, and it was Ralph had mentioned it on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, our good friend Mark Alden Taylor. He's going to be like, God, man, these guys just can't quit talking about me. We love you. <laughs> but he said something about, well, what's Pete Willis done since he left Def Leppard? And Ralph said, Nothing, which is what Def Leppard should have done. And I am right. I'm sorry, man, but they became, a lot of these bands, they became what I call Clips. Am I on the wrong fucking show? (laughs) We need someone. We need someone someone to defend this shit. Clit Rock, it's Clit Rock. That's all it is, man. They became Clit Rock. You know, fucking chick metal. Whatever you want to fucking call it. I know I'm going to sound like a sexist fuck. I don't give a fuck. That's what they became. Mike, Death Leopard, Mike, Mike, Death Leopard, uh, Mike, Crew Mike, and Poison. Yes, my clips of the eighties and nineties. I'm yeah, sorry. Come, come on, but drunk white women need music too. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Let them have fun. Let them have fun. But you know what? I'm not gonna participate. Oh, because you're not a drunk white woman. But if you were, <laughs> this would be your fucking jam. <laughs> pour some sugar on me. <laughs> the sad thing is, I actually yeah. do like pour some sugar on me. As horrible oh. of a song that is, I do love it for whatever fucking reason. Only oh, it's a great song. It's okay. It's a it's the song that inspired "Read My Body," Eric. How could you? Oh Jesus! Oh, oh God! Fuck! 
That's like blaming <laughs> Van Halen. That's like being pissed at Van Halen for Trickster. <laughs> it's not. It's not quite. It's not that far apart. Now, uh, Bushy, what do you, I know? You're easier on this uh, era of music than us, obviously. So, what do you think of the stadium tour? And what do you think of these bands now? Are you gonna see it? Yeah. And are you gonna see it? So it's a three-part question. Okay. I'm. I'm not gonna see it. But that's what? just because the nearest showing is uh, three hours away, and I'm not driving that far. Okay. Um, however, I want to see it. I didn't want to see it. You know, Motley Crue coming out of retirement. I've seen the video of Vince, you know, singing, and I'm like, oh, this is this is this is really really bad. And you know, something else would pop up, you know, in the last six eight months, and I'm like, oh god, this is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> So I, there was no way I was going to purchase tickets for this thing. Ah, watching all the different video, I'm like, okay, first of all, Joan Jett, of all of them, I think she's the worst. Uh, she sounds very inanimate. Uh, she's detuned more than the rest of the guys. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it, 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 it's not good. Uh, Poison, I'm not going to lie, they're a bucket list band for me. And after having seen all this, if they weren't three hours away, if they were an hour and a half, two hours, I would probably take that trip just to see Poison. I've seen Def Leppard and I've seen Motley Crue. I can't believe the energy that Brett Michaels is bringing because he's 59 years old. The band's tight. CC's uh, guitar playing has improved a lot. Uh, I even like the cover of Eruption he's doing. He does a good job. Isn't Eddie Van Halen? Of course not. But it stands up. It holds up. Uh, the Def Leppard footage I've seen, I knew it was going to be good. I've seen them three times. They're always good. It's, it's almost like listening to the record. I, you know, I don't care. Crew is the one that's surprising me with Vince. Does he sound great? No, but I, I venture to say he hasn't sounded great since Shout playing live. Uh, but he sounds okay. It's not bad. And all the reports I'm getting back, so I'm in a couple groups strictly for the stadium tour because I want to know what's going on, and that's where I can see an awful lot of video. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, the reports I'm getting back are he's doing a great job. So part of me is just upset that it's so damn far away. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard... I've heard, I've heard, yeah, yeah. I've heard, heard people say that Poison were surprisingly better than, every, than the other bands. I've heard that they had more enthusiasm and a little more energy... I have been I'm here hearing. and there's a the show. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. And I heard that Vince does sound better than how he sounded. Although that's, you know, that's not saying much, considering <laughs> how bad he sounded. So I just think the, the, you know, the bar was really lowered for that. And Def Leppard, I'm sure, is very consistent with how they are. I don't know. Like I said, uh, I'm never, to me, Led I mean, Def Leppard, I mean, they got, like, practically machine drums anyway. So it just... I don't know. I don't really think of them as a band I'm very interested in seeing live. You know, I just think it, there's so much about just people shouting along to choruses and things mm -hmm. like that. And I know they don't focus on the earlier material I like, so it doesn't interest me. So, yeah, this thing doesn't interest me. You know, people want to have a good time. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna piss on people's fun. That's oh, no, that's, that's fine, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to go see that have those fans. fans. Hey, have fun. We all have shared friends that, you know, some are going, yeah. they're having a good time, especially the ones that, you know, are married. So anyway, so they're going with their ladies, they're having a good, they're, they're having a good time, 
You mm-hmm. know, have a good time with your lady. Go to the fucking show. Oh, yeah. God, I'm not going to see uh, that I shit. It, I hear it's, the ticket's cheap. So go, have a good time, you know, and not too much <laughs> cheap these days. You know, go and have fun. It's not for me. I don't think you should go if you're a single man. But that's just my opinion. But anyway, uh, no, unless you're, unless you're, go unless you're going to. by myself, no problem. Well, unless you're milk hunting like Bushy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not milk hunting. That's that's guilt. Actually, yeah, guilt that might, yeah, I'm sorry. That might be guilt hunting. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, but there's some attractive women in their 50s, you know. Yeah, So oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah go, go break them hips. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's not my thing. But, you know, I didn't like these, most of the, I, I'm not a fan of that kind of music, you know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't like Poison even when I was young, you know. And yeah. Motley Crue, hit or miss, we'll, we'll talk more about Motley Crue in a minute. Def oh, Leppard. Yeah. Oh, I, we're, we're going to talk about Motley Crue, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the first three Def Leppard albums. I'm not so much a fan of the stuff they did afterwards. And so, you know, so, and even like Joan Jett, who really, you know, she's the opening act. No, no one's really, and this is no disrespect to Joan, but no one's really going to see Joan Jett. She just, yeah. I mean. She's like, I'm sure she's someone that if you showed up and you didn't know who the opening act was, you go, oh, cool, Joan Jett. I know a few of her songs. And they sing along to it, you know. But I, I mean, I like the Runaways. I like some early Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. Uh, no disrespect to her. I don't think she's a great artist, but, you know, she hanged in there. Mm-hmm. I have some respect for her. Yeah. I like some of her songs. But she's not someone I'd be excited about going and see. Maybe if there was like a Runaway reunion, that'd be cool. But that's oh, I'd go see Lita Ford all day long. Oh yeah, I love. But that's pro- problem is Cherry, Lita, and Joan all hate each other, so that's never going to happen. But that would have been cool. But the uh, yeah, so it doesn't interest me. I know it doesn't interest you, Eric. Right? Oh stadium. god, yeah. Let me all right, let me let me get my bid in about the stadium tour. All right, you talk all about right. it. first off. Think, hey, if you if you're into that kind of music, you're going to go see the stadium tour. More power to you, man. I mean, I, I hell yeah, go see it. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. See some hot grannies and break some hips, you know. Um, not my thing, man. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of Def Leppard. I like the first three albums, much like Edwin. And after that, they just lost my interest. I know they're not going to really play much from the first three albums. Uh, Motley Crue, Jesus Christ, they fucking suck. Um, what? Just, you know... The, and they're still playing Shout, <laughs> Shout the Devil, the 97 version. It's still... Oh, I because I had to, I watched some footage from it, you know, and I'm like, they're still playing that '97 version, the that Nine Inch Nails sounding bullshit, and they're still butchering that fucking song. You know, last time I saw Motley Crue was their farewell, the <clears throat> farewell tour. My ass, my ass is a farewell. Um, fucking, <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, I saw them on the farewell tour, and, and they were good, but I'm sorry, Alice Cooper just left me blown away. Where you know I went Alice and saw Cooper's Alice Cooper again. Live. I've seen him. Oh, great amazing! Right. He should have been. Uh, he should have been closing that tour. Motley should have been closing. Right. And uh, yeah, so I'm just. I'm not interested in seeing Motley Crue. Uh, Poison, Jesus fucking Christ! I don't need to see Poison and Joan Jett. I I know like maybe three songs of hers that I like. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people talking about, yeah, Poison's the best band on this tour. They're blowing Def Leppard and Motley Crue off the stage every night. And it's like, yeah, but the bar's not very fucking high. I mean, saying Poison was the better band than Motley Crue and Def Leppard, I mean, that's like someone entering and e- being proud of themselves for, like, winning an eating contest against an anorexic or some guy being like, oh, I finished all my math problems before the mentally challenged kid. 
Like, of course, yeah, of course it's an easy fucking win. Like, my God. You know, it's just, you know, it's, you know, yeah, Poison, yeah, they're fucking better than both these bands, but that's not saying much. You know, of course they're better. Oh, my God, but I will say, man, Vince Neil, he does sound pretty good, you know. I've never expected, I never had a high bar set for Vince Neil, but, I mean, he sounds pretty damn good, you know. And he does look like he lost some weight, um, but I, I respect Vince because he looks like he goes out there, he has fun, he enjoys doing Motley Crue music, so hey, more power to him. You know, it's not like, you know, Tommy Lee that's so fucking embarrassed he's got to fake a goddamn rib injury to get out playing Motley Crue songs. And you got that douchebag Nikki Six. And the, is, is Mick Mars even breathing? I mean, is that guy breathing? <laughs> My God, he looks like a fucking corpse. And if Vince, our good friend Vincent Camnot brought a good point of like, I'm sick of seeing Mick Mars wasting his time playing these shitty Motley Crue songs when he could be recording a kick-ass album. Like, he's supposed to, he was supposed to come out with an album with John Karabi, which I will love to hear because I love John Karabi, and I love that album he did with Motley Crue. So I love to hear what Mick Mars could do with John Karabi, and I'd rather see him play, like, small, like, little clubs with Karabi instead of wasting his time with fucking Motley Crue. But obviously he knows where his bread's butter. He, he knows what's paying the bills, so... I'm not going to go see the stadium tour. There's other shows I'm seeing, you know, other shows I got tickets for that I'm more interested in seeing. Just not my thing. But, hey, if you want to see the stadium tour, by all means, go for it. Go check it out. Have fun, you know. So I'm not putting it down completely, but it's not my thing. Which oh, that, that, that was another thing, though. I just, Eric, I just got to say one thing, too, about McMars. Uh, yeah. I also, that's elder abuse as well. They, they should arrest the members of Motley Crue. Yeah, fuck you, Nikki Six. Yeah, that's, arrest yeah that's, that's not cool, man. It's not cool yeah, to do that yeah. to senior citizens, you know. Yeah, Motley Crue, though, man, this this band pisses me <laughs> off more than girls that don't give blowjobs. Like, what, you too good to put my hot dick in your mouth? Fuck you. Yeah, they probably are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Motley Crue, let's... I'm going to start off just my general... Well, you start off, I'm going to use the bathroom real quick. You do that. Well, my general impression of Motley Crue. Actually, Motley Crue, I'm a fan of the... I love their first two albums. Love their first two albums. I know everyone loves Shout at the Devil. Of course. It's great. It's science. How could you not love Shout at the Devil? Best album. I don't think anyone who's, like, into... I'm not talking about, like, drunk white women... But man, we all love Shout at the Devil the most, I think. I've heard a few people talk about the Karabi album in 94 as maybe being the best. You know, to me, I don't even like to compare the two because they're so different. I think that album really should have a different... They should be a different band with a different name. Thank you. Yeah, same. I think the same with uh, Anthrax, you know, with John Bush. Thank you. Yeah, I just... It's cool, it's just... It's a different band. Armor Thrax. Or Striper when they uh, dropped the religion. Yeah, <laughs> the, you know the it it does become a different thing, and and you know some bands like if you have a really if your music stu- if the music doesn't change like something like ACDC like ACDC Back in Black like musically that is the same band as the band on Highway to Hell, but they got a different singer. You know, yeah, Brian changes aspects of them elements. But they're still, it's still the Young Brothers, you know? It's, yeah. it's their show, you know? There's some bands, even like Iron Maiden, Steve Harris, he's such a, like, distinctive force musically with his galloping bass uh, and yeah. the sound and yeah. the dual leads. There are some bands that can do that. But some bands, 
that, like musically, and we said this about Anthrax in this episode that we recorded that's not up yet, they, they're just not that distinct musically, even though they are great musicians, better than Motley Crue. But, you know, without Joey Belladonna, they were just a different band. It just had a different vibe. And Motley Crue, even more so. Like, you know, without Vince, they are just a different band. And yeah. I do like that album. I like the '94 album. Amazing but, album. But it's oh, a diff- yeah. I think Robbie Cruz great. Robbie Cruz, oh, yeah. but it's different. It's different. And but Motley Crue, like real Motley Crue with Vince Neil, it's the first two albums. I love them, and I like Theater of Pain. I can hear it's kind of a spotty, average album, but it has a little bit of Shadow of the Devil, like. Carryover. It has a little bit of that vibe, a even though, bit. Well, even though yeah. it's few songs on there. It, I like. Hey, it's better than like the albums that came after it. Definitely better than the two that came after it. I do think Feel Good's better than this album that we're reviewing. I, I will just say right now, I think this is the weakest Motley Crue album of the '80s. Uh, it's not that good. I'm gonna say, yeah, I think Feel Good's got a couple more songs that I like than this album. This album. I do not really like. It has one great song on it, and that's it. And you can probably all guess what the one song I think is great <laughs> on it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but that's about it. And then uh, and then after Karabi, oh, my God, it's shit city. It's horrible. It's horrible. I know yeah. some people like New Tattoo. You know, I oh. guess compared to the other shit, it's all kind of passable, but it's not that... But I don't know. It doesn't sound that good to me. Uh, I just... I. I love that first Vince Neil solo album, which we did do a review of, Exposed. Yep. I think Exposed, like Karabi Crew, I think it's better than most Motley Crew. <laughs> you I know? agree. Actually, Motley Crew did better when they split up. They kind of both traded up. <laughs> you know? And <laughs> they finally were playing with people that could actually you know, play their instruments. So they both got better. <laughs> but Motley Crew, yeah, so, but I love those first, first two albums, so I'm not a hater. And I do like a lot of melodic metal. Like, I love Rat. I love Dokken. Everyone knows me and knows how much I love Dokken. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I, love, I love the first Cinderella album, Night Songs. You know, I'm not against popular melodic metal. You know, I'm not one of these guys that, like, everything's got to be super heavy, you know. But it's just, I just think, I think Motley Crue, are, uh, after Shadow Devil, I think they're a spotty band. I think they got really lazy in the songwriting department. I think Nikki and Tommy were just good-looking guys that fucked a lot of bitches and got lazy, you know, mm-hmm. and came And Vince Neil back in the day, too. Yeah, you know, Vince Neil was never one of the main songwriters, though, so that's why I'm easy on Vince. Listen, to me, even on this album, Vince does his job. Vince yep. comes in, he sings the songs as well as they can be sung. And I will say that. Vince Neil is the VIP on this album. You know, it's, there's nothing great about being the VIP on this shitty album. But <laughs> at a big one, it's Vince Neil. Even Mick Mars, who I think is the second best person in this band after Vince Neil. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mick Mars is a good rhythm guitarist that, for some reason, is also the lead guitarist in this band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how fuck am I listening to here? (laughs) (laughs) Listen to this album, and I remember Eric when you're like hard on Joe Perry. I was like, come on, man! (laughs) Can you listen to Mick Morris's poor excuses of like bluesy slide solos? They're hard. I hate his slide guitar. I want to slide that guitar right up his fucking ass. 
Maybe that would straighten his damn spine out too. Jesus. Oh, uh, well, listen. I would uh, before I get into this fucking album. What is, Bushy? What's your history of Motley Crue, and what do you think of them in general? Before we get into this, the album? only Motley Crue fan probably in this chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my first experience uh, was a VHS tape my stepfather had recorded. He had like just eight hours of nothing but heavy metal videos. Uh, be it the glammy stuff, be it the thrashy stuff. So I got introduced to the crew with the Theater of Pain era stuff, the videos, of course, you know, Home Sweet Home and uh, Smoking in the Boys Room. And, but he also had Looks at Kill and uh, Too Young to Fall in Love. Um, Too Young to Fall in Love is like my all-time favorite Motley Crew song. That was uh, fucking amazing. I think they slipped a little on theater, but when you go back and listen to it, and it's only because I've gotten older, it, it's underrated. I understand the fan outrage at the time. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, this is an underrated record. There's a lot of good stuff on it. Uh, Girls hit right at the right time. Um, I don't think it was Christmas of 87, so it may have been my birthday, 88. I was given that by my religious parents, of all things, (laughs) uh, as a gift. And that's right in my wheelhouse. 87, I'm 12 years old, man, and that's when I'm getting into the rock and roll scene, you know, the metal scene all together between my stepdad showing me the videos and what I'm hearing on FM radio, which is why I like so much of the hair stuff, the glam stuff, mm-hmm. is because that's what was on the radio. Yeah. Uh, I, I think after theater, they were just getting better and better and better, then they split up. And I think that that Vince Neil album Exposed is a great Motley Crue album. <laughs> yeah, I, I, probably I, one of the they, best Motley Crue albums since uh, Shout. If they had I, combined... I mean, it's really good. 94, the Krabi stuff with Exposed and had stayed together, that would have easily have been their best album after Shout and would have really carried it over in the 90s, in my opinion, actually. But they didn't. I, do I don't disagree. I yeah. don't disagree. You know, as they went on, uh, they got kind of hit or miss for me. Uh, I, I got the, uh, I don't know, it had a fraid on it. it was Generation Swine. Yeah, Generation I liked about Swine. half of that album. Uh, I actually like New Tattoo more. No, well, most, most people think that's their, from what I've heard, that is the album that most people think is their best, like, post-Karabi, the Karabi album, is New Tattoo. But what it, else, it, there's it, only it, two it, other it, albums, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because then you got, uh, well, well, no, you got uh, Saints of Los Angeles. Yeah, I know people every, shit oh, on that. Yeah, a lot of people shit on that. I, I don't hate that record either, but their best albums are their first five. So you think they're worse than Generation Swine, if you had to pick? Yeah, if I had to pick, and that's just because of Brandon. Although, oh, God, uh, that without song. you on Doctor Feelgood gives it a real really. Yeah, uh, oh, you hate I without hate. you. All right, I actually yeah, I actually like that song. What? Yeah, I can't. I, can't I like without you. I prefer Jesus. Time to yeah. <laughs> I never heard Eric so. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice little ballad. And oh. I like the video. Oh my God, Vince Neil wears this really badass duster in the video. So oh, <laughs> he can't hey, baby, I'll climb a mountain for you. Without you, I like, oh, I don't want to know about your fucking hip problem. Hey, I well, think it's better. Divorce oh. Tommy Lee's ass for that song. Well, let me tell you, it's a, it's much better than the fucking ballad that's on this goddamn album. <laughs> but, well, disagree. We, oh, we all We all got our own opinions. But, um, so, Mike, what do you think of Motley Crue? I think they're one of the most overrated fucking bands of all time. 
Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm fucking leaving this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thank you. Come they on, are. we need you. We need. We need. Motley True needs you right now. Yeah, need something not to shit on this album. <laughs> uh, no, they are. I'm. I'm sorry, man. I'm with you, Edwin. The first two records are where it's at, you know. And I remember it. My, but you gotta understand my introduction: Motley Crue, Shadow Devil. And and much like any metal fan, like when I first discovered Twisted Sister, I went back and got Under the Blade and You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, and loved them too. And it was the same thing with Too Fast for Love. I loved it, you know. And I was all about Motley Crue, Rat. Um, docking. I love, you know, a lot of people think because I'm all in the thrash metal, which I like other metal too. I mean, one of my all time favorite bands is Crowbar, and they're a sludge metal band. So I, I love, love Crowbar them. too. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Sure, and I want to see them. I'm yeah. going to see them. Hell yeah. Uh, also going to see Testament, and Exodus, and Death Angel. You know, I'm going to see Same. real shows. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Jesus I'm back. <laughs> Oh, and I'm seeing Wasp and Ar- Ar- Armored Saints. Same again, here, man. Same metal, here. See, again, Charlotte. Yeah. I'm not driving three hours. And, and that's good. I'm glad you're that far away, because I, I <laughs> you come back home and be disappointed. And go, oh, Bushy, I, wait, wait, really wait, Bushy I don't, you live in the mountains, right? Yeah. Yeah, literally, you live in the mountains, right? So yeah. are there any shows that ever come by you? I'm going to see Ghost in September in Asheville. Yeah. Asheville. Asheville. Close by Asheville because that's where like my parents live nearby. Okay. okay. Are you going to the Orange Peel? Is that no? They're they're playing in an arena. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's I know the they're Orange Peel where like a lot of shows will come to. Orange Peel's a cool club, but it's a club. Seal Panther goes there once a year. I think Abby K that me and Metal Mike interviewed. I think they're going there soon. It, it's a good little club, but they get everything there. It's, it's hard to keep yeah. up with them. So is that the closest Asheville? Is that the closest place where there's venues? Yeah, and check this out, Edwin. Uh, and I'm so glad to be here with you. I've never been able to talk to you that I'm aware of. Yeah, this is um, actually the first time that me and Bushy have actually talked to each other. I mean, absolutely. we've chatted a few times on Facebook, but never, like, verbally. Right. <laughs> Same with yeah. us. Uh, Asheville yeah, with both you guys, guys, actually. Yeah, that's true. That's true, Mike. Yeah. It's yeah. funny in the mountains here because there's no straight roads. It's infuriating. Yeah. After living in a small city for 32 years. Uh, it's it's infuriating. Asheville is only a forty mile drive, yeah. But it takes you about an hour, hour and ten minutes. There you go. I, I, I'll I, take I, that over the three and a half hour drive or three hour drive all the way down to Charlotte. I have an ex girlfriend who's a country singer who moved to Asheville. So um, it's good. So it's a good town, man. It's I was thinking Asheville. about chasing after her and going there. So <laughs> so it's a good town. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a good town. It's uh. You know, for being a southern town, it's it doesn't have that southern vibe. You get the southern hospitality, but it's got a real, you know, kind of hippie kind of vibe going on there. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like, a little like Austin was like 20 years ago. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. You know, they got some cool breweries there. Uh, bad homeless problem, but most of those homeless people are out on the streets playing music all day, collecting money. So it's, it's just a cool vibe. All right, cool, cool. That sounds cool. So, uh... But anyway, yeah, it's great to have you finally on the show, by the way, Bushy. And Mike, here's, uh, and you're in the Midwest. I thought you were in the South. I was a little surprised when I found that out, uh, Mike. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois, that is. Yeah, because yeah. you have a Southern accent, so I Yeah, can, a little bit, yeah. So oh, you're in Illinois? Illinois? Yes. Yeah. Southern Illinois. He's in uh, Missouri area. This, the, really, it's more closer to Missouri than Illinois, but I live oh. in the, the Metro East St. Louis area. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, I, it's funny though. Wherever I go, like when I went down to New Orleans and Memphis, they told me I sound like a Yankee. When I go up north, <laughs> they tell me I sound southern. When I go out west, oh, you sound like you're from the east. And when I've been out on the east coast, well, you sound like you're from the west. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm from the middle of the country. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I go. They say I sound like an asshole. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, uh, oh, you mean you sound uh, like Nikki Six? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm offended by Back that. Back to the crew bash. Like, don't compare me to him. So back to the crew bashing. So I got in, I got you know into Motley Crue, and I loved all the early glam metal. Still do to this day. And then Theater's Pain came out, and I'm like, what in the fuck is this silly shit? There's like maybe two or three songs I like, which shockingly enough I found out were actually written and recorded during the Shout at the Devil. Yeah. Well, the demos were. Um, and there's even some songs like Save Your Soul. I love that opening uh, riff because it's all fucking stabbing like the fucking. With the with the with the you know because it's slow and sludgy, I'm like, all right, on. And then they ruin it with the fucking sweet low, sweet sorry. Yeah, I, I don't like I that. I fucking hate either. that shit. So it fucking ruined it. And I made fun of it on our episode, pushy, because it sucks. And um, love that song. Love that song. You know, <laughs> yeah. I know you love a lot of shit that sucks, but anyway, um, <laughs> in my opinion, anyway. Uh, but no, he like, hey, me and Bushy agree on a lot of things, though, too. Well, you know, that's part of the fun. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, everything. Yeah. Oh, sure. I know sure. me and Edwin are getting ready to do a Smashing Pumpkins, re- Smashing Pumpkins review. I'm not oh, looking forward to that. <laughs> that's going to be interesting. That's what um, I like some of the pumpkin stuff. I like the early stuff, especially the first I'd record ish. But I don't, but I don't. Well, you don't like psychedelic rock, Bushy, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's what... Well, uh, I'm a, I'm a no, huge... You're not even into that. See, I didn't like the Beatles. I didn't like the This is tribe. You know what? This whole fucking record mostly is tribe. <laughs> <laughs> All right? Yeah. Right, oh, anyway. This is going to be fun. Now, hey, so, uh, so, Mike, so you just like the first two albums, and yes, do you sir. like do you like the Karabi album? I did, but I got to be honest with you, Edwin, at the time, and I told Bushy this, too, on the yeah. Rat and Motley Crue episode... I didn't fucking pay any attention to that record when it came out. At that time, I'm into Pantera and Typo Negative and Sepultura and Fear Factory and all these really heavy bands. I'm fucking rocking the fuck out. I was like, fuck Motley Crue. I didn't even pay attention to Vince's solo stuff. Because by that point, I I had checked out a Motley Crue. I I had checked out a Motley Crue completely. I didn't care. I thought it was, I'm like, who gives a fuck? Good, they broke up. Maybe they'll go the fuck away. That was my attitude. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, man. And it wasn't until years later when I had a buddy of mine go, well, you know, dude, you really ought to listen to that first Vince Neil album, and you should listen to uh, the Karabi album. And I did, and I was like, this ain't fucking bad, man. I thought <laughs> both bands, they, both Vince and the band traded up. <laughs> they were yeah. better yeah. without each other. other. They fucking became better. <laughs> if they had broke up maybe a little sooner, I could have seen maybe those <laughs> records being more successful than yeah. that. Yeah. I think the timing, though, it yeah. just fucked them. You know? Yeah, no one was going to give a fuck about either of them. Vince came close. Vince came even closer in a way, I think. If that album had just come out one year earlier... Right. folks, I think could have been huge, you know. And yeah, I think Sierra should, yeah. Biden had the video. I mean, he had something yeah. going for him. Yeah. Was it a movie? Yeah. Casino Man. Yeah, if it was just one year before the Seattle stuff blew up, you know, I really he would have got in there because that's a strong album, you know. But they didn't even release. I thought the strongest ballad uh, forever, which I th- thought was a great ballad. 
But again, if they had, if that album came out one year earlier and they had a great video for like in released forever, I think the Exposed would have been a really big album. I I don't know about '94. To be honest, as great as I think it is, I don't think I I don't know. I don't think there's any scenario where that album was ever going to be more than a cult loved album from. Yeah. Well, I you know, you I, I agree with you, Edwin, but I also think maybe if they had changed the name of the band like they wanted to, if the record companies and the management had listened to them because they tried telling them. That could have helped, actually. It would have helped yeah. it, I think. I really do. I, some people want to disagree with me and argue with me about that, but I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever. You know, th- there's bands, and whether you like them or not, but look at when Chris Cornell joined Rage Against the Machine and they became Audio Slave. Whether yeah. you like them or not, you have you have to admit, they were successful, and they were smart, and, and they were still successful by changing the name of the band because... It's not the same fucking band with yeah. Chris Cornell. You know? Especially yeah. at that time period. In 94, despite what they thought, and it's funny, because it's probably the only time period where Motley Crue, that name, didn't have any cachet. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> if it's five years later, yeah, you want to call it Motley Crue. Five yeah. years earlier, you want to call it Motley Crue. 94, probably... See, I don't... They should have called that value. album better than Motley Crue. <laughs> what, what were you going to say, Bushy? Oh, I was going to say, I don't get it, uh... You know, so many people had checked out on, but again, I'm, I'm young. I'm, I know I'm younger than Mike. I'm not sure what age you are, Edwin. I, I know Eric just got out of diapers last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. baby. I, I'm 43. Hell, <laughs> I'm wearing pull-ups now. I'm 47. Uh, so, like half the shit Eric says is like he wasn't even there, so he doesn't know. He doesn't get a vote. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when yeah. He did out, it. I will say this on, uh, be, you know, in defense of my co-host. He's done his homework. <laughs> oh, I, I had to do some but, homework but on he, this fucking album. It. It wasn't he wasn't fun. there. It doesn't count. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I came in with Folly Crew. Actually, I came in with Doctor Feelgood. So that's Ooh, that. Ouch. Yeah, but you gotta understand. Great, what a great I'm, album to come in on. Yeah, that oh, that was a God. very strong album to come on in on. Even though now I think it's their uh, fifth best album. Uh, if you count the copy <laughs> album. Uh, best uh, album. Or, or fifth least worse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but the 94 record come out, I, I got it that week. Yeah. And uh, me and my stepdad, we sat down, you know, and it's a CD era, so we had finally gotten a CD player. We didn't have to buy a cassette or a vinyl. I don't even think they released it on vinyl. Do the disc in, and we both looked at each other like, what, what the fuck is this? And we got it immediately. We were like, this is badass. I actually wanted the crew to go on with Karabi because I liked that album that much. Mm-hmm. And I thought Dr. Feelgood was, you know, you got Shout the Devil there at the peak, for all intents and purposes, Theater of Pain, they, they've fallen off. Girls, they're bringing it back. Now, this is my first real... Bring it back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, Eric, go back to sleep. <laughs> and then by the time Dr. Fugel comes out you're like alright they're good they're clean they are back it just works and they're playing the kind of rock and roll that's popular at the time I don't have an issue with that I think it's a great record 94 blew me away I couldn't believe so many people hated it but I understood the guys who grew up you know seeing them in the clubs and hearing about them and then that shout album hits I understood the betrayal and what they thought you know with Vince not there I, I get it now in hindsight Back then, you couldn't have told me that there's there was a reason that Vince should be in that band. Even with- he could have done it though. Listen to him like on Primal Screen. Like Vince, 
Yeah, I love that song. And I mean, you, I could totally hear him singing stuff like Hooligans Holidays, Poison Apples. Vince could have done that album, too. Poison Apples, well, yeah. Hooligans Holiday, he could have done that opening. Well, uh, he wouldn't have done it like that, but he could have done a version of it. Like, there could have been a version with Vince that would have still worked, I, I, I think. That is I heard that, somewhere, or read somewhere, that there was a time period there where they actually toyed with the idea when they brought Vince back of keeping John. Is that true? Yeah, they did consider that, and then they figured, uh, why pay in a fifth person money that yeah. doesn't really bring like any commercial value? <laughs> but it, it would have been cool. It would have helped the band. Uh, they could use all the help they can get because they're not really that good. Yeah, <laughs> real. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Well, hey, I want to talk about Motley Crue. I actually have a long history of Motley Crue. Wait, how the hell do you have a long history of Motley Crue? You don't even have a long history with life. You're only in your 20s, Eric. <laughs> my, my his, hey, I got a pretty long How old are you, Eric? the Motley Crue's Eric is 29. Eric is really? Isn't that crazy? Wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what, man. I... I you know, I was a young age when I got into Kiss. You know, I was only right. six years old when I got into Kiss. And then from there, like, in first grade, I got into Iron Maiden. And the floodgates just opened. I was in the Jewish Priest, all these bands. Well, Motley Crue... You and I have similar... We, we both got into hard rock and metal at a very early age. Yeah. Thank God for Big Brothers and Neighbors Across the Street yeah. because we're my musical mentors. That's all I got to say, man. But, yeah, and ironically, you know, I got into Motley Crue with Wild Side... Uh, and that song just blew me away, and it was dangerous, you know. Like I, and then I hate to talk about Wild Side before we actually get into this album, but I kind of have to. But I just remember hearing the no, lyrics. Don't. Hearing, don't you know the rules? <laughs> <laughs> there are no rules. There are no fucking rules here. Um, but fucking yeah, Wild Side. It was just it was dangerous, you know. I heard Kiss and Maiden and Juice Priest, but Molly Crew just sounded dangerous, you know. That was the first time I ever heard the word cocaine and all this shit, like. You know, a cop dies, found dead with his best friend wife, and all this. And then seeing Tommy Lee in the spinning drum set, it was just badass, but it was kind of dangerous, too, which was awesome. And, you know, I just kind of got into all the greatest hits. You know, I heard Shot of the Devil, Looks That Kill, Home Sweet Home, you know, Too Young to Fall in Love was on one of the Grand Theft Auto games, and just, you know, I got into all those songs, and I looked at Motley Crue, I saw their pictures, I thought they looked cool, and then I... You know, at a very young age as well, I bought The Dirt. And I remember reading it and hearing all those stories about Motley Crue, and they're just, they seem so badass and so cool. And to this day, I still say The Dirt is one of my all-time favorite books. It's very entertaining. They it are is a a very, they are, you know, as far as, like, the shit they did and all the stories they have to tell, they're a very fascinating band. But, man, as I got older and I wanted to actually dive into their albums, because the only albums <laughs> I had heard up to that point was Shout the Devil... And Too Fast for Love, I loved Shot the Devil. Too Fast for Love, I fucking hated it. I really? loved, I, yeah, I loved Livewire and Piece of Your Action, but the rest of it sounded like shitty garage band rock. It sounded like those, you know, these assholes in high school that have no business being in a band trying to make it, and they write shitty music. Oh, uh, you got to be Too Fast for Love. I can only imagine what you're going to say about this album. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> I still like them, and I'm like, you know what? It's their first album. I'll give them a break. It was just their first album, <laughs> you know. And I believe it was either this one or Theater of Pain that was the first like full length like Motley Crue album I heard that wasn't Shot the Devil, Too Fast for Love, or a Greatest Hits or a live album. And man, I was just I was let down, <laughs> but I was still a young, stupid teenager where I was like, 
I pretend, much like you know our friend Ian Wadley with Kiss, I just pretended to like it, but I wouldn't <laughs> listen to it. Like if I put Motley Crue on shuffle, I, I they're like I considered them one of my favorite bands, but like if I put them on shuffle, I'm skipping like damn near every fucking song until it hits like a like Wild Side or like a song yeah. from Shot the Devil or Livewire. I'm skipping every song if it's not one of those. It's the Wild Side maxi single. <laughs> exactly, man. And just like I, but like I thought they were so badass. I thought they were all cool. all dog food. Yeah, I, I, just, I thought <laughs> I thought Motley Crue was so cool all throughout high school, you know, and I just refused to like believe that like they they suck. But as I got older, I realized this band is horrible. They're fucking overrated. <laughs> I list and I listened to rap more in high school because when I listened to rap, it was like way more consistency. They had way better songs. I could listen to a full fucking album without skip half the fucking tracks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I just I'll yeah. say this. I don't think Rat has an album as great as Shadows is up. I don't I agree. I agree with that. Uh, and I think Out of the Cellar comes closest. Comes yeah. closest, but still I think Shadow of the Devil's stronger. And I think I think there's a handful of Motley Crue songs that are stronger than anything that Rat ever wrote. That being said, agreed. Rat is far more consistent. Oh, They're, agreed. And, and that's why ever, Rat became it, my favorite yeah, band in high school. Far more consistent, yeah. They overtook Motley Crue immediately because I started listening to full-length Rat albums, you know, because I knew the hits, but then I started deep-diving. I'm like, Jesus, this band's just way fucking better. Like, there's just... Yeah, they may yeah, they may not have a song as strong as anything off Shot the Devil or, like, Home Sweet Home, but, like, goddamn, it's just, like, I, I can listen to a full fucking album of theirs, like, any one of them, except, like, maybe Detonator I wasn't big on or the self-titled... Still but, in this album. Yeah, and this, <laughs> as years have gone on, I just realized just how <laughs> fucking out, overrated this fucking band is. <laughs> but yeah, but that's my thing. Yeah, and a lot of artists have been You need to go through every shitty album that's gone triple platinum. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do that. There's a lot worse albums than this. like an hour and a half. Why don't we dive into this fucking album? Girls, girls, girls. Yeah, Girls, girls, girls. Yes, there are worst albums than this, but there aren't too many worst albums than this that I actually have on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and uh, the original title of the album was called Gonorrhea, 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 but it just didn't roll off the tongue like Girls, Girls, Girls. Keep in mind, when I'm listening to this album, oh. I'm like, why do I own this album? <laughs> I own it. That's the thing. Like, yeah, there's albums worse, but I don't think about them because I don't own them. <laughs> I'm sure well, they I had shit, shit. Uh, okay, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna start off nice though. We're gonna start off nice. Oh and yeah, nice for Bushy. He'll like this. Listen, I think I don't know about Mike, but I think most of us can agree it starts off very, very strong. This probably doesn't yep. surprise you that my favorite track on this album, I'm going to lead us off, is Wild Side. Wild Side is fucking awesome. I love this song. It's one of the best Motley Crue songs ever. It's it's gritty. It's grimy. It's sleazy. It's it's like their Welcome to the Jungle. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I like it better than Welcome to the Jungle. So there you mm -hmm. go. I think yeah. it's something more... Because I think they're more honest. I always... I don't know. This is the thing. I like Guns N' Roses. Don't get me wrong. And I can hear that... Overrated. Overrated. Just like Motley yep. Crue. 
And I can hear objectively that they are better than Motley Crue, like they're better musicians. <laughs> For example, Axel's got more range than Vince. They're better songwriters. So yeah, they're a better band. But, Motley Crue lived a harder life than Guns N' Roses. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I think Guns N' Roses, though, they're a bit of posers, with the exception mm-hmm. of Izzy, who was a fucking drug-dealing pimp. Uh, literally. But with the exception of him and maybe Steven Adler, and it's always the first two to go. It's like Peter and Ace. <laughs> they, were the most, they were the real rock and roll guys. Um, but Guns N' Roses, you know, they did this annoying thing, in my opinion, where it's like they like to have their cake and eat it too. Like they were part of the hair metal scene, but yet they acted like they were better than everyone else. Yeah. You know, it's not like you guys aren't Megadeth. You're not Nirvana. You're you're kind of riding that fence. You're kind of in the middle there, but yet they had this fucking self-righteous fucking snotty attitude that I, especially in retrospect, I thought it was cool as a teenager. But now looking back, I think their Guns N' Roses were a bunch of punks and a bunch, a bunch of posers. Of fucking posers. Except of Izzy and Steven. Yeah. Uh, Duff's kind of alright, but Slash and Axel are assholes. I don't like them. I fucking I'm, hate Slash. I, the most overrated fucking guitar player ever. And, and Axel's the worst. Oh. But anyway... I just think that they had this attitude like we're better than everyone else and we're not we're not just about sex and drugs. We're being like we're being like journalists or reporters. Like we're like NWA telling you about the shit. Although <laughs> they were getting off and just fucking hot chicks like Motley Crue were doing as well. Yeah, and they, Vince Neil was straight out of Compton, baby. He was. He was the real deal. Vince Neil was straight out of Compton and let me say they were more honest. Motley Crue, this was more honest. Even though the Karabi album is a much better album than this album, <laughs> this is a more honest album. Yeah. I will say that. Because this is what Motley Crue is about. They were about going out and fucking ladies and being part, you know, they were they were real L.A. guys. This was yeah, what they was were L.A. Up. street for real. Yeah, yeah, for real. Real. Vince Neil would beat the shit out of Axl Rose. Vince I mean, you say that. Fucking beat the fucking shit out of that skinny ginger. Easily. <laughs> Man, I wish I, I wish I'd have been fucking Indiana. Vince Neil would have shoved a corn cob up his fucking ass. That's why Axl Rose pussed out. <laughs> when he was at Riverport in St. Louis and he fucking pulled what he pulled, I wish I had been the one he jumped on. I'd have grabbed him by oh. his fucking red hair and bashed his fucking face in the concrete. Yep. Fuck Axl Rose. Yep. Fuck him up his ass. Motherfucking thinks he's Elton John with November Rain. Motherfucker, fuck yeah. him. Fuck but anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. This. Dog too. Yeah. God, you guys have look. Let the hate go. Now, Bushy, you're not letting me finish. Actually, as far as uh, you know, because believe it or not, like I guess Axel had wrote November Rain way before he put it out. Like he'd had that. Japan did it better with Endless Rain. Endless Rain's a way better song. It came out before November Rain. Yeah. But, but the one thing I was going to say is I just wish he'd have given the song to Elton John. Because that's what it sounds like to me. It's like... It or sounds, like, it sounds trying, like a Queen song, right. too. It, it's, it's, and his vocals don't fit it. His style of singing. Axel's got more, very much a you know kind of a rock and roll voice, you know? And it it just doesn't fit that song. I, I, wish he, I, I wish he gave the song to Brian Wilson, and then Brian Wilson decided to never record it and put oh, it in a safe damn. somewhere. So, you know, I don't think, I mean, I listened to it, and it, what kills me for it is his vocals. But here's my problem with even Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses. They did what Kiss did, but, like, fast forward to about a billion miles an hour. And what I mean by that is, you know, Kiss, 
I would think we all agree, really, from 74 to 78 was really 77, technically, if you want to, you know, alive too. That was when they, that's peak kiss, right? Right? I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, I might argue. I might argue. I might go up Ooh. to 79. I love Dynasty. I think Dynasty yeah, but it's, it's okay. Awesome. I like Dynasty too, Edwin, but it does, Peter Chris doesn't drum on most of the album. To me, the last real kiss album is Love Gun. But by Period. that definite, by that, Okay, and, and yes. what I'm trying to say is, and, and Dynasty, yeah, they sold a lot of records. Yeah, but that's when the wheels started falling off, really. Let's just well, you got Dirty Living, man. Dirty Living's fucking... See, I'm not oh, that that sounds very disco-y, though. It's, <laughs> the production's so different. Where it's I like Dirty Living. Like you guys have not done enough cocaine. That's your problem. Hey, I thought you're right. You know why Dynasty's as good a record as this? Because fucking Ace Frehley saves that record. Okay? Oh, let's just tell you something. Hey, I'm just going to say it right now. Record. I'm going to say it right now. This album makes Hot in the Shade sound like Highway to Hell. Yeah, I <laughs> oh, agree. No. Holy shit, yeah. Shots you know, I can't. I give Kiss some shit, but Kiss is on a different level than fucking mid eighties. Put on album is bad. Girls, girls, girls. No, no. How many, how many great albums did Kiss put out before? You see, you know, trying to say a lot. Motley Crue, dude, they had two really good records, and then and and Guns N' Roses won. Just one yeah, really good album. Yeah, well, that's the thing. How that's many it. albums did like, Kiss release by Love Gun? What, well, like what six? How many by that point? Well, if you off count the, top the live my head. ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, eight. If you yeah. the live and live news, yeah. and I, I give Kiss shit, but let me tell you something: they were knocking out a lot of great albums in the seventies. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that I just had to you know segue into that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get in the Kiss vortex. No, no, you just want to throw out more fans. Oh my God, Kiss! And the guy, but no, but I mean, I do it even with Metallica and Megadeth. Anytime they come up, you know, I go in that right, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna so, bring this back home to Wildside. We digress because of Wildside because I said it was better than Welcome to the Jungle, which I think <laughs> is a great song. But Wildside's better. It's sleazier. It's more real. I feel the real, you know, and Motley Crue's owning it. It's their greatest song. You know, I love when they get into that slower part and Vince is singing his balls off. He sounds great. It's great. You listen. You listen to Wildside, and you think this is gonna be one of the best Motley Crue albums ever. Yep. That's <laughs> I was just gonna tell you my story if you if if I may go well, next. Actually, you may go next, Mike. Yeah, we'll probably go like like me or Edwin, then Mike and Bushy, and then back to me or right. Edwin. We'll probably but, do that. Yeah. Yin yin yang. But, uh, Mike is jumping at the bit, so let's go to Mike now. All right. Yeah, Mike. Mike <laughs> I actually bought this album on cassette. I think, yeah. I, or maybe I got it from Columbia House. You know how they had the, you know, twelve. Well, that's good. You didn't waste a lot of money on it, right? I, right. I, I know about the Columbia. And House. I went ahead and, you know, because I heard the song "Girls, Girls, Girls," and I was like, okay, not exactly shot the devil, but whatever. I'll give it a chance. I wanted to root for Motley Crue. I love the first two records. There was like a couple of songs on theater pain, even though I felt betrayed and was pissed off. I thought, okay, well they're wearing leather again, so maybe they're going to get back to being heavy. And this album opens with Wildside. I mean, just an epically awesome opening track. Just fucking killer riffs. Even a cool guitar solo. Yeah. And I yeah. love the lyrical content. The lyrical content. Like, I know Motley Crue is what people call a party band. And I really have no problem with party rock. I mean, I love ACDC, for fuck's sake. I love Van Halen and Kiss. So, But 
I also liked it when when Motley would get a little dark, you know. And that's one thing I love about Shout Out the Devil. Yeah, you yeah. got ten seconds to love and looks to kill, but you also got fucking red hot and consider and, and bastard, and you know what I mean. Yeah. And this yeah. danger, yeah, 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 the yeah. lyrical content on this song fucking rules. I was like, oh my god, Motley Crue back. This is amazing. <laughs> kind of like what I felt when I heard Dr. Feelgood for the first time. The song yeah, was true. Yep. Yeah. I can imagine. I can Ryan imagine. I bought the rest of the album and I heard the rest of it and I was like, how oh, fuck. But anyway, <laughs> that's enough story. Another album. So, but yeah, I love this song. I love this song. I absolutely love it. I put it right up there with anything they did on Too Fast for Love and Shout the Devil as far as I'm concerned. And an, an amazing opening track. I, I have a feeling this is going to be the only track we all like. Yeah, but let's real. see what you think, Bushy. What do you think of Wild Side? Uh, this song fucking sucks. What? what? You're no, I'll play it. I'll play it. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> fucking with us. I knew he was fucking with us. No, uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you hear this song, just that, that little slide up the deck, that the guitar, and fuck you guys, Mick Mars is a great guitar player. Um, Great rhythm guitarist, I agree. <laughs> well, I, I like blues lead, so I'm okay with all that. You know, he, he's better than CC, but he's not amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's a lot better than people give him credit for. Um, CC's pretty good when you kick him down the stairs from right here. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, when Nikki Six is writing your material, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, to make something out of that. Oh, isn't it your nap time? <laughs> uh, no, no, fuck you. <laughs> that is continuous. Uh, Tommy starts hitting those drums. The bass comes in. It's it's a powerful song. And and Edward and uh, Mike, you said it best. I mean, it's dirty. It's sleazy. You can you can feel the debauchery, the danger, the, the almost evil coming off the streets of L.A. and the Sunset Strip of the you know mid late eighties. That it, it's just a dirty, grimy song. I, I like this song for the same reasons I like N.W.A. Straight Out of Compton. It's, it's just something I had never heard before. It's like, oh my God, what the hell is this shit? Because I wasn't super familiar with their history when I heard this album. I'd seen a couple videos, and I had heard Shout the Devil. I think it's a great song. I think it's got a killer solo. Uh, mm-hmm. Lyrically, man, it's dark. It's yeah. dark. But this, this I mean, whole come on, album dude. is dark. A baby cries. A cop yeah, dies. A cop dies. I'm dead with best friends in life. Fuck yeah. that, dude. Yeah, like, it's just a... It's just a raunchy, dirty song about street life in L.A. And yeah, I I, I would never argue the greatness of this tune. It, it's absolutely amazing. All right. And Eric, what do you think? And we know what you think. Like all of us, you love it. But say why you love Wild Side. Oh, man. I, just I fucking love Wild Side. Side. Like I said, this is the <laughs> song that made me get into Motley Crue. I think it was like a VH1 special. Or like a one, I think it was there behind the music or something, and I just remember seeing this video, like seeing a clip from it, Tommy Lee spin around the drum set, and this song was just—it's catchy, it's dirty, but it was—it was dangerous, man. It was just like Kiss wasn't singing about cocaine and like a guy being found dead with his best friend's wife, a cop dying. It was just—it was dangerous. It felt rebellious. Like I shouldn't be listening to this as a little kid, but I'm like. It just feels cool and badass. And they just, they fucking look cool, man. They had the chicks on stage. Yeah, Vince Neil, who was just a badass, who, like, I looked up to Vince Neil as a front man because I was a singer in, like, you know, my band when I was in high school and had a band. You know, it was just badass. You had Tommy Lee in the drum set, and just 
hearing their story, you know, Tommy Lee going to jail, uh, Nikki Six doing his heroin, which you, you later find out is fucking fake, you know, Vince Neil wrecking sports cars. They were just, they were dangerous and they were badass. You know, they're like kissed Tommy like Lee the adult version. Women. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With his dick. Yeah, beating women <laughs> with his fucking dick. Jesus Christ. But yeah, man, wild, <coughs> excuse me, Wild Side is just a fucking badass tune. It's so good, but it's, it's very misleading because you hear this song, you think, man, this is going to be a badass album, and it's just fucking misleading. <laughs> it's like you you meet a hot chick at a club, and she takes your pants off, and you find out she has a dick. It's like, no! <laughs> you know? It's very misleading. It's very opening. much a crying game. And, yes, it's very uh, much a and, crying and, game. And I'll tell you this, you know, I apologize to anyone that likes this artist, but fuck Lou Reed, and fuck his song called Wild Side, like, Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Boop, she bought. Like, fuck that pussy-ass shit. This is the wild side, baby. This is taking a ride on the wild side. I like that song, too. I like that song, too. You know that song written before I remember hearing that song and just being like, fuck this shit. It was good enough for Marky Mark. It should be good enough for you. Goddamn fucking Motley Crue. (laughs) As much as I shit on Motley Crue and hate Motley Crue, they are more badass than Lou Reed. They'd beat Lou Reed's fucking ass. Yeah, I don't think Lou Reed's going for being a badass. <laughs> oh God, the fuck his wild I side. Think, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, this is like a Hispanic oh, oh, no, just the word badass and Lou Reed put yeah. together. Is hilarious. Oh, there, to be fair, though, let me just say something. Let me tell you something. Velvet Underground, late '60s, singing about heroin and shit. That was badass in the '60s, and uh, actually, it was because. Hey, I- he I actually that. do like some Lou, some Lou. He's kind of oh, fuck Lou Reed. Fuck it. I remember yeah. this Hispanic shit. Just, that, yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's other stuff besides just that. You know, white, white, yeah. white heat. There's a lot of great Velvet Underground stuff. He also did a great thing with Alice uh, Cooper's band, uh, his live album, Rock and Roll Animal. You ever listen to that, Eric? You should I've listen never to listened it. to it. Listen I, to Rock and Roll I'll Animal. Give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. Back to me with a full report. I, I will. Gi- I'll give it a chance. Okay. While I take a piss, why don't you talk about the next song that really takes a fucking dip? Girls Hold on, Eric, because I need yeah. you to hear this before you go play with yourself. I'm going to start <laughs> getting on Facebook Messenger and sending Eric voice messages. I'm just going to start going, Just every day for the rest of your life, Eric. All the people of color girls sing. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> okay. Girls, girls, girls. There oh, is Jesus. a big dip after Wild Side. I'm gonna say this right now. Nothing's half as good as Wild Side, in my opinion. That being said, I think this is the second best song on the album. Okay, good. Oh. Okay. I do think this is the second best song on the album. Now, once we get deeper into this album, Bushy, you know that's not going to be much of a compliment. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I got a feeling. Yeah, but I will say this for this song. It's never been one of my favorite Motley Crue songs. In fact, when I was younger, it kind of annoyed me a bit. The whole, girls, girls, girls. I didn't really like it. It's grown on me a little bit in my middle-aged years. I will say this for it. It's tuneful. It's memorable. It's fun. It's sleazy. You know, it's got, it's very old school, almost like, it's funny because they, they cover Elvis later on, 
And this song itself is like there was an Elvis movie and song called Girls, 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 although it's not actually this song. But it has that vibe. It has this kind of fun, old school rock and roll vibe. You know, if let's just say if there was another version of this album where it went to a lot of great songs, I don't think we'd be hard. Some of us would be hard on this song. You know, it's just a tuneful, fun kind of bubblegum rock song. You know, Kiss did many songs like this. And, you know, it's about, like, like I said, it's, it's honest. It's, like I was saying, like, I think it's more honest than 94. Yeah, there are so- a lot of songs on 94 that I think are better than this song. But this song's a little more honest. Spotlight Crew, going to strip clubs, singing about it, partying. It's memorable. It's, it's all right as a second track, in my opinion, as a title track. And I don't hate it, even though, you know, if you did hate it, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you on the hill for this song, but Good. It's, <laughs> I'm not going to fight you on this one, but I think it's easily, if we're not counting a bonus track, it's easily the second best song on this album. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, what do you hear what I have to say about all the other songs? <laughs> but it's, it's memorable. I think it's memorable. It's fun. It's dumb. It's sexy. And, you know, so that's what I think of this song. What do you think, Eric? Oh, Jesus, fuck this song. Yeah, it's memorable because it's a memorable piece of shit. (laughs) Even when I was a huge, huge Motley Crue fan in high school or as a young kid, I knew this song fucking blew. Like, this song blows goats. Fuck this song. And just, here's the thing. I don't get the whole strip club thing. Strip clubs are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I can sit at home and watch porn for free and jerk off and not have to spend any fucking money. Why the fuck are you going to go to a a strip club just to get a fucking boner and waste a whole bunch of money? You can't touch the strippers, and you got to be super careful about what you do because some you make one false move, a bouncer is going to kick the shit out of you. It's just, what is the point? Eric, Eric, you've been going to the wrong strip clubs. There are I went to a strip club once yeah, in my and, life. And also, yeah. Let me tell you the story. And also, because you're so young, you don't have any money. That's that's another thing. Uh, <laughs> no, I went to a strip club one right time, club man, money, and I wore like a really badass outfit. You gotta get a little bit of action. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get a little bit of action. But here's the thing with strip club. All right, and here's the thing. I res- all you female strippers out there, I respect you. Hey, I respect the hustle. I used to be a stripper myself. I mean, the male stripping and female stripping are two different things. But still, I respect the hustle. I respect what you're doing. Support single moms out there. Strip clubs just ain't my thing. Um, It's just, I went there once and I wore a really cool outfit, but it was a white t-shirt and the strip club was bullshit. They're like, oh, you can't wear white t-shirts, so you can't come in or you gotta buy one of our fucking $50 t-shirts. And they only had an XXXXXL, so I looked like a fucking asshole wearing like a car cover with a strip club <laughs> name on it. It was fucking horrible. I really, my friends gave me like some money to like you know spend on a stripper, and I'm just like fuck this shit. Like I I would rather just go home and watch porn, or I'd rather go to like the club that we were gonna go to later that night. I'd rather go to the club and talk with actual girls that I can actually have sex with later that night. Oh, it was just so you're traumatized by this. I'm curious. Both of your mic. Have you ever yeah. eaten at a strip club? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike's like, yeah, fuck yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, never, I've never it done the buffet. Yeah, I, I, can't. I, I had a steak there and it was actually pretty good, man. <laughs> 
I've never had. I was drunk food. though, and I wanted something to eat, and I didn't, uh, and I didn't want to leave. You know, the thing about me and strip clubs, though, man. Like, I don't know what it is about me or or, or something, because even my buddy would be like, dude, what is it with you? But these fucking chicks, sometimes, though, they'd kill my butt. Like, I remember this one chick. Yeah, because you know how they they, they come up and they talk to you because they want to check in. They're working. They're working for a living. Like, huh? like, like that, you know, it's kind of like that line in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, you probably think strippers really like you, huh? Right. Um, but for whatever reason, they would want to tell me their life story. And this one girl, yeah. she had to be high on something, bro. Because she yeah. started crying and telling me about how her daddy, like, fucking basically tampered with her. And I'm like, alright, I gotta uh. go. Yeah, it, it can be a sad scene sometimes. Oh yeah. my god! Man. Especially a lot of them are high, and if you're a, a sensitive guy like you are, Mike, they sense it yeah. and they start yeah. telling yeah. like for it. Suddenly, you got like the saddest lap dance ever. You know? Right, it was it's, it's like a hustle, man. And, and they unlike the bloodhound game, I'm not thinking that the the, the 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 lap dance is better when the strippers cry, and you know what I mean. Kind of brought me down. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> real quick, though, real I'm quick. I'm trying, but I'm still hard. Does that real make quick, me a bad person? Not, not bad <laughs> strip clubs, but here's my here's my top five stripper songs that are better than Girls, Girls, Girls. Number one, Heaven's on Fire by Kiss. Number two, Rocky Like a Hurricane by the Scorpions. Number three, Animal Magnetism by the Scorpions. Oh, yes. got you on that yeah. one. Number four, Let Me Put My Love Into You by ACDC. Oh, definitely got Number two, the theme, the theme from the Blue Oyster. Oh, wait, what the fuck's that doing on here? Oh, fuck that. Lay it down by Rats. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best strip songs ever. Girls Got Rhythm. Yeah, good? Girls Got Rhythm too. Fuck yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Every time I go into a strip club for at least the past ten years, they always just play shitty, like, club hip-hop music. A lot of times. Like, yo, I'm yeah, up in the good. club, bitch. Yeah, I was just like, I'm old school. I want to hear some yeah. Believe it or not, though, I saw... Nasty, I, like, 80s metal. Believe it or not, though, I, I, I saw a stripper fucking uh, strip to, like... It was like three or four dim- um, System of a Down songs. I was yeah, like, but, you know what? It's a great stripper, stripper song. song. I like Dan- that song. Danzig's uh, She Rides. That, that's a good stripper Ooh. song. Uh, fuck Danzig. Anyway. Uh, oh, you, you don't uh, like Danzig. That's I a hot song. Oh, yeah. Don't get that on my Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 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 but hey, you know what's the funny story about Glenn Danzig? He ended up fucking a chick I used to fuck. So, hey, Glenn. It's yeah, Glenn, Eskimo Brothers. What's my fucking sloppy seconds like, you fucking bitch? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, oh, wow. man. Girls, girls, girls. Is it your... Bushy, you go. You yeah, go, you Bushy. we haven't talked about yet, and I imagine you like it. Oh, yeah. I fucking love this oh. song. <laughs> I I love the cheesy guitar, you know the Harleys or not guitar, the Harleys fired up. I, I think that shit's cool. I think it's a cool guitar riff. Man, this song is sexy as hell because all he's doing is singing about every strip club in Florida, Texas, <laughs> fucking Paris. Oh, it's kind of like a Beach Boys song about strippers, because <laughs> you know? they're calling yeah, just... out the different places. I do like yeah. that. Yeah, just a lot heavier and better. It, it made us a lot of fun. And that video, let me tell you what, for a 12-year-old boy, that was spectra-fucking vision, dude. That was, that was yeah, a I great like to music play that video. video, but, like, play a real fucking song, like, and mute, <laughs> and mute the video. 
Oh, God, this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, wait, I'm curious, uh, Bushy, what's your favorite song on this album? Is it Wild Side like everyone else, or is it one of these other songs? It, it's one of the other songs. What? what the wait, 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 your favorite song's not one of these two songs? No. Jesus wow! Christ. Okay, now I'm very intrigued. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very intrigued by this. Okay, moving I, on. I like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and it gets way into that vein later I on. I think you're doing too oh, many of the wow. drugs to uh, like I'm this album. I can't even imagine what the next, what your favorite song is now. So yeah. I'm very intrigued. Mike, what do you think of the title track? <laughs> okay, um, total burnout factor now. Uh, at the time, I didn't mind it that much. It wasn't... It's okay. It's, it's kind of a fun little tune. I really like the video, though. I always did like the video. Um, but, yeah, it's alright, man. I mean, it, it's it's better than fucking some of the other songs on this album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. But it, that. But, um, yeah, it pales in comparison to Wild Side, which is clearly the best fucking song. Clear. That's scientific, except yeah, for... Yeah, science. That's yeah, science. Bush, Bushy likes to deny science. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking about a guy whose number two Kiss album is The Elder, so neat, what neat, the yeah. fuck? <laughs> number two overall, yeah. Now, I, I, I love that album. I got I would put it number two. I gotta call you out for a minute, Bushy. I gotta call you out for a minute, bro. I'm sorry. Even I got Paco it. thinks you're fucked. I got it. He yeah. likes The Elder, but he, when it. you said number two, he was like, "What the fuck?" Number one Kiss album debut. Oh, I, I'm not even a big fan of the debut That's album. That's so weird that Elder would be your second then. Oh, Bushy's like a... He's a mi- mystery wrapped in he a... Just want, yeah, he's a mystery wrapped man. Wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> I, like, I, I like a lot of weird shit. I love it. I have no idea. I can't I can't figure out what Bushy likes, which is great because it makes it a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's go. I'm going to go Dancing on Glass. Dancing on Glass. Could have been a good song. I'm going to say it. Could have been one of the better songs on this album. Actually, even saying that, it is still one of the better songs on the album. But it shouldn't be, because they fucked it up. Okay, so it has a cool riff. It has a cool kind of heavy McMars kind of lick. I like that. It sounds cool. It's kind of dirty and sleazy, bringing us back to the wild side groove a little bit. But, man... They throw in those corny, like, synth horns or whatever. And I know they're trying to go for, like, an Aerosmith thing, but, I don't know, it just doesn't work with them. And then those fucking uh, gospel singers come on in the, at the oh, end. Jesus. It's like that Silver Spoon song on uh, Hot in the Shade. <laughs> it's oh, like, what the fuck did you guys do? This kind of, if, if you had played it right, kept it a little tighter and didn't do that shit, this could have been an all-right killer filler track. But you fucked it up, so so it's not that great. But it, it had potential. This song had potential, and at this point, I would still be thinking this could be a good Motley Crue album. That's all I'll say. I might think something differently by the time we get to the fourth track. <laughs> but by the third track, I'm thinking this this could be a, this could be a decent uh, you know mid '80s Motley Crue album. But to me, they dropped the ball. But this song had some potential. What do you think, Eric? Oh, gee, dance on glass. I would super glue my ass cheeks together and listen to this fucking song again. <laughs> my God. Fuck this song. 
And, you know, like you said, Edwin, it starts off okay, but at the end, you get, you get the fucking pointer sisters coming in at the end. Um, Vince starts fucking stuttering, like, like, what the fuck are you, Brett Michaels? Jesus Christ. piano, it's just horrible. Fuck this song. I'd rather walk on glass and have my feet all fucked up like John McClane and Die Hard. Fuck this song. Bush, you probably like it. What the fuck do you think of it? What I think is, uh, I, I've seen this movie before, except there was a chick in it, but I'm getting fucked by three dudes, and one of them's a fucking stripper. Um, <laughs> 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 I, I love this fucking song. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. Of course you do, as Ian Wadley would say. I like the stupid horns, Edwin. Well, if you like the sound, of course you gotta like dancing on class. I, I like the gospel sound of stuff at the end. Sweet Chiba, you were my Jesus. I love that shit. This song is all about smack, man. It's all about heroin. That's what this whole song's about. It's what the dirty. fake heroin Nikki Six was doing. It's dirty. Is that what happens? The Pointer Sisters show up when you do heroin? I don't know. I never did heroin. <laughs> Well, that just makes me want to try it. I mean, the Porter Sisters rock. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's a great song. I think they're three for three, man. They're moving right along. And, and that's 1987, Nate. And that's 2022, me. <laughs> I I still dig this song. I think it's a great track. Yeah, right, right. More power to you, brother. What do you think, Mike? You know what? Lyrically, I actually think it is kind of cool because it is about heroin and it's kind of dark. But Jesus Christ. Like, the opening riff's not too bad. But, my God, after that, it just does nothing fucking for me. This is where the record just starts to derail completely. I'm like, what the f- Dante, not glass. Like, it's all happy. You're not supposed to be happy on heroin, Nicky. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Dante, not glass. It's so fucking homoerotic. Fuck this song. <laughs> all right, now Bushy, I had kind of had your back on the first three songs. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I have respect for you, man. But this is where I'm going to start being very brutal on the album. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it personal. I, I've been waiting for it, actually. Okay, see, I've been going pretty easy on you. Shows you I'm objective. All right. Uh, Bad Boy Boogie is the moment where I know this album's going to suck. <laughs> uh, a song this bad should not be the fourth track of any album. That's the thing. Like, sometimes there's average albums. Like, you listen to Bad Boy Boogie and you go, okay, this could be, like, the worst song on an average album that's kind of tucked towards the end. <laughs> but when it comes on on the first side, fourth track, that's when you know... Oh, like, I just, because I know this, you know, I've been around a few albums over the years. I know if an album's this shitty, and it's the fourth track, then we got problems on the second side. <laughs> so, yeah, Bad Boy Boogie, it's horrible. It's a shit song. It's Poor Man ZZ Top, and I love ZZ Top, but apparently I don't love Poor Man ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Motley Crue, stay the fucking far away from the blues, all right? Because you guys got no fucking soul. <laughs> Alright? <laughs> You're good at playing the satanic, soulless, grimy 
early 80s metal. You're good at that shit because you got no souls. You don't, if anything, souls would get in your way making that kind of music. <laughs> but it gets in your way of making fucking bluesy Aerosmith kind of rock, though. <laughs> it's, just, it's horrible. But it's just generic bluesy rock. It's really just repetitive. It's lazy. It's horrible. And, and, Come on, you telling me that they didn't fucking know ACDC has a song called Bad Boy Boogie? Of course they know. They know. And listen, like that's such a specific song title that that just bothers me. It just bothers me. And also because that song's so great. <laughs> it's like, don't you know? I mean, I know you're all on smack right now and you're getting blowjobs from porn stars. But don't you know that some people in the future are going to compare this? To Bad Boy Boogie by ACDC. Don't you know that's gonna happen? You fucking meads. <laughs> this song's horrible. It's an insult to Bon Scott. Stop. Just stop, Motley Crue. I almost want to throw this album in the trash just because of this song, but I will keep listening to it because we're doing a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Anyway, what do you think of this piece of shit, Eric? Oh, God, fuck this song. Bad Boy Boogie, they should just call it Bad Song. Fuck this song. And, and, and the funny thing is, they like they say like a lyric in here, like, when the Motleys hit the town. Out of every fucking oh. song you can put your calling card in, you put it in this piece of shit. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, fuck this song. You're a bunch of fucking honkies trying to do the fucking blues. You got no soul. Get the fuck out of here with this shit, bad boy boogie. It just makes me want to listen to the ACDC song. Fuck you, Motley Crue. And fuck you, Nikki Six. Ryan's a shitty song. Mike, what do you think of this? I got to pretty much echo what you guys say. You know what? I'm going to quote my podcasting partner whenever it's something he doesn't like. This shit's absolute fucking tripe. Um, I'll take the ACDC <laughs> classic over this any day of the week and twice on fucking Sunday. So far, with the exception of Wildside, I'd buy two copies of this record. One to shit on, the other to cover it up with. Fuck this song. Thank you. Okay, Bushy. I'll tell you what, you... real quick, before we go on to the next song. I didn't even own a copy of this album. My cat just took a shit in the litter box, and I found a copy of Girls, Girls, Girls. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's this? Oh, okay. Yeah! All right, here, Bushy. I want to hear what Bushy has to say about Bad Boy Boogie. Yeah. Well, well here's Wait, the funny thing. Okay, I just want to hear. Let's all be quiet. Be respectful. Okay. Well, 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 be respectful, he says. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't have to take notes for this record, okay? Um, okay. I listened to it once today, you know, just to be like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Everything's the same as I always thought it was. Uh, because I've heard this album so many times. I don't know which song you guys are listening to, <laughs> but this is literally everything I love about 80s glam hair metal stuff. What the fuck? This, this is just pure fucking sex, the whole song. I love what kind of horrible guys. sex are you having? Maybe, maybe I'm easily entertained. I have admitted that before. I love the blues, so I love the cheesy blues licks. I don't care. I think it's a great tune. I love the way Zick, uh, 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 Vince sings the tune. <laughs> I, I like the guitar solo. I like the slide shit going up. I, I like everything about it. Hey, I like the blues. <laughs> I like the blues. Every I, time I'm the re- song I'm, is I'm, when the song fucking ends. I'm renaming this song Bad Boy Bushy. 
There you go. I'll take it. For me, we're like we're like going four out of four. We haven't hit a bad one yet. Oh my god. Jesus. Oh, oh Lord, this is great. This could be the greatest. Bushy, well, you should get like a fucking handicap sticker for your car so you can park front row in every grocery store. Because you, you know, like this I just listen, and this is with all respect, Bushy. But you're up in the mountains and there's like altitude issues going on. Do you, does that affect your listening of this song? Maybe. Maybe. I'm no, certainly, because I, I lived in northern New York for 32 years. So. Oh, God, you were born in New York? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I was not born in New York. I was born oh. in Southern Man. <laughs> said that horrible flat pizza. Oh, oh God. But listen, I love, but Bushy's being true to himself. He's being honest, and that's great. I'm being it takes a lot of balls to admit you like that yes, song. Yes, pathetically <laughs> subjective. It's great. <laughs> that's the tagline of all taglines. Well, well Eddie, if you don't know, we, we had a review, Eric, that said that about us, that we were pathetically subjective. I'm like, we're a fucking podcast. <laughs> okay, okay. And after that, we're like, that's going to be our tagline, Bushy. Yes. So there you go. But this, this is fun, though, because I'm really looking forward to what, but we got to wait, Eric, we got to be patient. We got to talk about what we think of Nona before we hear about oh. what Bushy thinks. So, so be patient. <laughs> okay. Nona. Okay. One minute and 27 seconds. That feels like an eternity. <laughs> okay. Nona. Now, I will say this for Nona. It kind of sounds like if Nikki Six took a little bit of time, he might have made a half-ass, lackluster ballot. But he was too <laughs> lazy and incompetent to do that. So as a result, we get this kind of uh, this demo for a mediocre ballot where oh, yeah. they just repeat this chorus and there's really no verse. It's not a song. It's not a song. It's a fragment. It's a fragment. And I guess he thinks he's being artistic or something, Nikki Six. He's like the sole songwriter on this. And I guess they have to credit somebody as a songwriter for the song. It can't just be, like, zero. You know what I mean? No one wanted their name (laughs) put onto this shit. Like, like, I don't think of this as a song, so I don't really think anyone should have credit for it. But but technically, I guess they got to say someone wrote it. So I guess that's Nikki Six. So he wrote it. And... It's like a little bit of an acoustic guitar or a clean-sounding electric, this little keyboard, you know. Vince, God bless him, he's trying to do something with the one line they give him this thing. (laughs) And it fades out, and I think this is Nicky being an artist and thinking he's being subtle and classy, but really he's just being a damn fool. This song sucks, it's not a song even, and somehow it manages to be a bad song. Now, that's... That's really genius in a way. When you could write a song that's not a song and yet it manages to be a bad song. So, (laughs) but yeah, Nona's horrible. And somehow in the '90s, Motley Crue, like you know, like first man, I mean, first man on the moon, Brandon, uh, time for change. (laughs) Like they somehow wrote worse songs than Nona. So that's impressive. But yeah, so Nona, it's a horrible song that's not even a song. But somehow, it's probably like a mid-tier track on this fucking album. <laughs> so, Eric, what do you think of Nona? Jesus Christ. I, the only good thing I can say is at least it's fucking short. My God. Like, who the fuck are you, the Beatles? It sounds like him Thank trying you. to do the fucking Beatles. Thanks, you but fucking, fucking Paul McCartney. 
you're Nikki Six. You are not Paul McCartney. You can't even play the fucking bass. You're fucking known. This was written about his grandma who died. Your yeah. grandma should have came up from the grave and bitch slapped the shit out of you. Thank Fuck you, you Nikki Six. This is this is just as bad as Brandon. The only it, it's better because it's not as long, but that's not saying much. That's like getting raped by a, a black dude and a white dude and being like, oh, at least the white dude was a little bit smaller than the black dude. Didn't hurt as much. <laughs> Not saying much. There's still a dick in your ass twice. <laughs> Mike, what do you think of this piece of shit? Uh, well, basically, <laughs> I'm gonna mirror what you just said. Nikki trying to be fucking Paul McCartney with this one. I know he wrote it for his deceased grandma who raised him. So you know the sentimentality. I like. I get that, dude. But goddamn, did you totally disrespect the memory of your dead grandmother? <laughs> this piece of shit. She's probably spinning in her grave and on fire after hearing this spectacular track. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> like you know. I mean, God. You know, like. You know, I'm sorry, dude, but you know what? If I'm a fucking musician and I'm going to write a song for my dead mom, it sure as fuck would be better than this. This is terrible. <laughs> terrible, man. Like, fuck, man. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, so, Buff... I guess you like this, it. I sure to God, this is your favorite away. song. I'm going to be very disappointed. It's not going to be this one. But, but Bushy will <laughs> like it more than all of us. So what yeah, it's... What do you think of No Not Bushy? It, it's definitely not my favorite song. I, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. Um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Frankly, if all the Beatles sounded like this, though, I'd probably like the Beatles more. Oh, get the fuck out of here! Just stop already! Stop it! Okay, we get it. You like the Stones better. I love both bands, okay? But come on. Beatles all the way, baby. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like the song. I don't think it's a great song. I too am glad it's short because of, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just no, the one. I'm out of my head without you. That's it, dude. That's it. Yeah, I know. It, it didn't quite sound like that, but yeah, that's 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 the pretty lyric. fucking homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say this too? It's about his grandmother. Maybe it's just how Vince is singing it. But doesn't it sound like he wants to bang his grandmother? Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm going to tell you right weird. now. Until you guys told me what it was about, I always I always just assumed it was a breakup. Yeah. Nope. You know, yeah. with the with the way Vince sings it. I like the uh, the acoustic guitar thing going on. I, I don't think it's great. It probably could have been left off the album. But it's not as bad as this one, which we'll get to. We'll get I mean, to it. I don't I don't skip this song. It, it, I mean, I skip. Well, you're you're all in at this point. Why would you? But, skip but I listen to "Time for Change" all the time. Oh, oh my god. god! I I and time I don't change. Well, like time to change the fucking album when I hear that song. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Way I better than without you. Now I, I no I see. That's I see. not saying much. Strong disagree on my part, but listen, listen. All I gotta say, I respect your opinion, Bushy. This is one of the only times I ever deleted a song. From one of my albums, <laughs> if I, uh, generally, I'm kind of OCD, and I like an album to be like what the artist, you know, how they recorded it. But God damn it, time for change. I just had to delete that song because you know I'm not as hard on feel good as maybe Mike and Eric are. Um, but time for change is horrible. Plus, I really think um, uh, "Don't Go Away Mad" is a great works really well as a great ending track so that's why I saw I, 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 song, but you and I agree with you I, I think it's a cool way to end the album it's a Don't cool way to end the album it's the last song 
Yeah. So, uh, so here's a question. Flip those two songs. Yeah, but then I have That's to listen to time, time for still have to know that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to listen to it. He's just better off deleting it. I'm with it's you. Easier. Yeah, it's easier. It's a short. <laughs> oh. I, tr- I tried, bitch, Mick, Toby. Nikki, I tried. <laughs> uh, anyway, so now we're going to flip this record over. Okay, I'm going to start off with what shouldn't be, the, I think, the third best track on the album. Uh, Five Years Dead. Oh, fuck, I forgot that song was on the fucking album. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's a very forgettable song. <laughs> but it's not horrible. Now, on this album, saying it's not horrible is a good thing. It's just kind of a generic Motley Crue filler song. But it sounds like it could be on Theater of Pain. You know, it's all right. It's nothing special, you know. But it's there's nothing that... There's nothing that offends me about the song. That's the thing. It's just kind of a filler track. Again, you know you got problems with an album where a song that's so filler is like the opening tra- track of a side, like side two. It's five years dead. Like that's as strong as that's what they're getting you excited about the second you know, side with. But it's it's better than the it's better than knowing I'm bad boy boogie, and it's better than, if dancing on the glass like dancing on glass. Could have been a better song than Five Years Dead, but they fucked it up. So I'm giving it to Five Years Dead. Big congrats. It's the third best song on the album, but that's not saying much. It's it's an all right passable filler song. I don't hate it. What do you think of it, Eric? It's a Motley Crue song. That's all I can say. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It, this song is a shitload of fuck. Ever die in five years and have to ever listen to this fucking song again? <laughs> and, and then we got the return of the fucking Pointer Sisters. I swear to God, it's like they're like trying to like. I'm, I'm waiting for them to bust out in the Gimme Shelter. I'd rather listen to Gimme Shelter and listen to this fucking piece well, of shit. That's such so. a good fucking song. My God, five years fucking dead. Just fuck you, Motley Crue. <laughs> fuck you. So, what do you think of Five Years Dead, Mike? Um. Well, for one. I think they might have been talking about his songwriting ability because it's about five years from yeah, Adam that, the Devil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his songwriting ability has been dead for <laughs> yeah, five years. So I think his songwriting ability had been dead for five years dead. Maybe That's Nikki, crazy. maybe it's like Paul is dead. Maybe Nikki did die after You know, I'm thinking that. he was. I think the real yeah. Nikki was and they replaced him with the fucking poser. That would um, explain the And also, the song makes no sense lyrically. Five years dead, but it's like, if you read the lyrics, it's about a dude who... China's on the lamp for killing a motherfucker in Chinatown. So I was like, shouldn't it be five years gone? I mean, it just makes no sense. And why are they happy about it? Five years dead. You know, like, you're all happy. Yeah. Like, I told Bushy the time, because I actually did study the lyrics for this piece of shit record this time around. Yeah, I, I had no idea what to suck. It's just like, five, they, they go on for five years with the same fucking chorus. <laughs> But, well, you know, you're right, but the thing was, it's like I had criticized the song before on the Rat and Motley Crue episode we had done, and I had said, like, well, who's five years dead? Is it somebody he hates? Is he five years dead? Like, and why is he so happy about it? But then when you read the lyrics, you know, he's talking about a dude who's been gone for five years. That's not exactly fucking dead, dude, you know? Like, I mean, I don't know. I just, yeah, I I don't, yeah, I, I didn't care for it. It's, it's. I'm with you. It's like maybe the third best song on the album, but fuck, dude, that ain't saying much. Wait, okay. This is now. This is the moment of truth. Bushy, is this your favorite song on the album? No. Oh my fucking lord! 
What do you mean, thank fucking God? Do you know what the rest of the songs are? I, I do. <laughs> They're all pretty fucking bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, uh... But I don't understand the hate for the song. Although, Edwin, you were a little more fair. Um, yeah, I think this song suffers from placement only. Uh, I, I, I think it's a good song. I like the gang Why, vocals. Why, could they put it on the album? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think they could have had a stronger opener for... Uh, uh, for side two, um, I don't think it's a bad song. I like the subject matter. When I when I hear the lyric Five Years Dead," I'm thinking this guy's on the lam, and nobody knows anything about him, so dead. You know, um, I, I think it's a good song. Um, Edwin's right; it's filler. It's not quite killer filler, but it's not bad. All right, all right. Now I know what your favorite song is. So, but I'm waiting. So wait, but you said filler. It's like, yeah. if this is filler, it's like filling your mouth with an elephant's fucking jizz. My God. <laughs> it, but that's kind of similar to Tommy Lee right there. Now, anyway, yeah. Now we're getting into all in the name of dot, 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 the ellipses. <laughs> um, all in the name of. Oh, I love that you know ellipses. Yeah, I'm a writer, so it's uh, it's my it's my vocation. Edwin's a smart I, guy on this I, podcast. I need to know that shit. Although I did lose some brain cells listening to this album. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on the name of. Okay, I will say this for the song. It makes me nostalgic for a time when Bad Boy Boogie was the worst song on Girls, Girls, Girls. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my God! Is this song horrible? <laughs> it's one, of, and I love Vince Neil, but he co-wrote the song. So hey, Vince, what the stay, fuck, Vince? What the fuck, Vince? Hey, I want, I got your back, Vince. I'm always sticking up for you. What are you doing here? Stop! Stop! Stop trying to write songs with Vince Neil. I mean, with uh, Nikki Six, it's horrible. It's like a, I don't know, maybe Nikki Six at this point, he's like a black hole of songwriting. Like, yeah. <laughs> But on the name of it, if I'll say this, you know, you said Bad Boy Boogie was like everything you love about glam metal. Well, this is like everything I hate about glam metal is on the name of. It's horrible. It's uh, it's candy ass. It doesn't rock. Doesn't swing. It's got no groove. It's totally filler. And it's one of it's. I'm looking at this. Yeah, it's. I'd say this is the worst song on the album, and the songs afterwards are ain't they ain't no picnic, so that's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> but this is probably the worst song on the album. It's really, really bad. What do you think of all in the name of dot dot dot, Eric? <laughs> oh god, this song fucking sucks. Yeah, fucking write, writing a song with uh, trying to write a good song with Nikki Six is like trying to have uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know, it's just fucking impossible. You can't even think of an analogy. Yeah, I can't think of an analogy. Jesus Christ. And then also, too, like, the lyrics. Like, you know, she's only 15. What? Nikki Six, take a seat next to Chris Hansen, you fucking pervert. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hey, I will say, Chris uh, Kiss wrote some good songs about wanting to have sex with a 16-year-old. At least they wrote a good song about really fucked up shit. Hey, I like like Winger 17. There you go. Oh, I'll take 17 every day with this fucking piece of shit. But 15, that's just too young. Yeah, that's too fucking young. (laughs) It's shitty songs. You can't 
Chris Hansen, take a seat over there, Nikki Six. Uh, and and this was the song they opened every show with. They did. They oh, the good God! Song. This was the opening song. This, they I, they actually played this song. Live? They actually played this piece of shit. It was the first song they played. Let me tell you, oh, if I went to see the God. Girls 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 tour and I knew this was the first song they played, I'd be late to that show. My God! Oh it's, my God! Stop make all in the name of rock and roll. Stop making music in the name of fucking just music, Motley Crue. Jesus. It's an infel to rock and roll. It almost yeah. makes me and not want to love rock and roll. Yeah, and, and I, was, Edwin, <laughs> I was listening to the lyrics of it. Is he saying Bob Sags and Sax? I'd sell my soul or something. Or sex and sex, I'd sell oh, my soul. I, I thought you were saying Bob Sags. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, don't know who Bob Sa- I don't know who Bob Sags is, but he should be suing Motley Crue for defamation. He for was, mentioning an, his he was a white R&B singer in the 70s that had a high voice. Oh, well, I'll, I'll take any music of his over this fucking piece of <laughs> shit fucking song. Hey, Mike! Why aren't you talking about no, it? No, 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 like no, 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 no. We're saving Bushy for last. Okay, Mike, okay. <laughs> Mike, Mike, what do you think of All in the Name of? Um, I can't really say it any better. This song fucking sucks demon cock. Huge, veiny demon <laughs> This is, like, bad. This is, this is like licking Satan's taint. It's that bad. Oh. Um... And I'm sorry, but Kiss did it better with Going Blind and Christine 16, okay? Yeah. You know, yeah. or even with the party rock, like in the name of rock and roll. Yeah, I, okay. I, you know, I, I'm sorry. This is, it's fucking lame, man. It's just really bad. Like, you know, like, yeah, this is one of the reasons why I said I would buy two copies of this album, one to shit on the other cover up with, because it's just fucking awful, man. <laughs> Thank you, you know. It's okay. probably your favorite song, isn't it? No, it can't, it can't be this song. Oh, Bushy, I, don't think I swear. Oh, God, Bushy, please, no, it's not this song. It's not this song. It's Bushy, come on. <laughs> favorite song on the fucking album. No! I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! I knew my podcast was part of it. Oh, this shit's so great. <laughs> what, what's so great about Bushy? What's so good about it? <laughs> I oh, love the riff. Are you a real person, Bushy? You're not like some Jesus. Russian. Uh, <laughs> look, look, I love this these riffs. This man of goddamn handicapped parking spot because his fucking ears don't work. <laughs> oh, well, I thought it was. I thought it was gonna be all, all you're all I need. I, I did I'm not give really... me something for nothing. I can forgive him for that one. Oh God. Okay. Well, okay. So let's all shut up. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Explain yourself. Justify you your existence, Bushy. You have to. <laughs> you have to understand. When I heard she's only fifteen, she's the reason. The reason I can't sleep. I was fucking twelve. Okay, I'm thinking cougar. But <laughs> <laughs> you're not twelve anymore, Bushy. You're forty-seven. I Why know. Do you like this, man? <laughs> there's a naughty side in the back of my head. It's like that's still a good lyric. It ain't right, but that's a good lyric. <laughs> There's a whole song around it. <laughs> I, I don't care. She's been in, like, dirty magazines. It's okay. She lied somewhere, okay? Sometimes maybe you can get fooled, I guess. I'm not saying it's right. I like <laughs> to think about it. I, I really I really love the chorus. It's that party rock anthem. I'm a party rock kind of guy. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. That is my niche. That is my thing. If they're playing this, this part- song at a party, that's a pretty shitty party. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe crew it's are like on a party where there's like no women there. <laughs> maybe this is why they opened up the shows with it. They, they, there's something. There's something that Bushy's getting that the three of us aren't getting. That. Well, well, people aren't necessarily zoning in on the 15 thing. You can get past that. Come on, we got past no, it. No, no, I think this whole thing. We got past it with Gene Simmons. They talk about 15-year-old girls. Oh, yeah. and no, they actually wrote a good before. song. Yeah, but this song's horrible. It's dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this song. It's got a great guitar solo. The drumming's killer. Great, too. This this should have opened up side oh. two. Oh, oh, he didn't wait, say anything oh, about oh. the bass. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Wait wait a minute. I want to go well, back. Sticky sorry, bass Bushy. didn't get good till feel good. Uh, I, I want to say this, what? Bushy, too. Wait, because this is a good opportunity. I forgot because there's something else that I want to say about this. The drumming's horrible on this song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> fucking Tommy Lee. And I will admit, Tommy Lee's a fucking, when he can be, he's a good fucking drummer. Yes. But this, yeah, this is dog shit. Let me what tell you something. Coming? I'm in Wadzella's camp. I was thinking of this when I heard this song. Because this is the song I was thinking about, and I forgot to talk about it, but Bushy reminded me. So, but as, <laughs> in the song, I was like, oh, you know, Wattella might have a point about Tommy Lee. Because this makes Chris Slade sound like Phil Rudd. It is so fucking soulless. There is no swing to it. It's it's faster than some of his other drum beats, but it fucking sounds like a drum machine. There's fucking nothing. Yeah. To I would rather listen to Tommy Lee honk a boat horn with his dick yeah. on loop for a fucking hour than listen to this fucking album again. Listen, Wild Side's the only song where there's decent drumming, in my opinion. Everything else sounds like it could be some fucking generic drum machine or session musician. May Tommy is overrated as all fuck as a drummer. And I don't think he even likes playing drums. That's why he got into techno music and DJing. Yo, yo, a, yo, it's time. It's he's time to musician. He's just a good-looking dude with a big dick that maybe if he had applied himself after Shadow of the Devil, he could have been He could have been a good drummer. You know, he started off solid enough. But, no, nah, man, this is shit. This is shit drumming. The, even the fucking Def Leppard guy with one arm in a drum machine sounds better than this shit. This is horrible. Tommy Lee's got two arms and a fucking big-ass dick. Yeah, he's got no excuse. He, yeah, what's his excuse? He's got no excuse. This is you know, I've got, a, I've got a theory I'm going to postulate. Er, you know yeah. how earlier I thought maybe Nikki, the real Nikki Six had died? I'm starting to think the whole band died and was replaced by pod people because how in the fuck is the band who did Shout at the Devil? How is this the same band? Honestly, how this is this the same band? It makes me want to listen to a Trickster album. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know what? It, it's drum. Somebody explain how this is uh, the same band. I'm going I'm to tell you how. Three things. Money, drugs, pussy. Money, yeah. drugs, and pussy. They pussy stop. and cocaine are a hell of a they, drug. They anymore. It's like, oh, we don't need to practice our instruments. I guess, dude, but there was a lot of other great bands that did money, sex, drugs, yeah, all that. but not... They not didn't the, lose their fucking, I mean, sad... The Motley Crue rides the fucking short bus yeah, here. Yeah, but not... Yeah, not... not. But these guys are really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they're fucking stupid. Yes. They're I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess, man. I just, it just defies the band. Logic, what man. It just, I'm just like, because I'll listen to Shout Devil, like you said earlier with Tommy's drumming, you listen to a song like Red Hot. Oh, yeah, where he's like, yeah, that's fucking fucking good shit. And then you listen to this shit, you're just like, what? Like you said, I think they checked out and quit giving a fuck. And they didn't have to. That's the joke song all of us. me off. Because this album went platinum, and people loved it. Triple platinum, yeah. Four times. Four times platinum. It pisses me off, too, is they shit on Theater of Pain, but yet they praise this album. Like, when they made this album, they're like, oh, yeah, we need to really step up our game after Theater of Pain. Like, really? 
Like, Theater of Pain is like an ugly girl, but she gives I'm good right. sex and she gives good head. All the, you know, another reason why Vince is my favorite member of Motley Crue, he thinks both this and Theater of Pain were both not that good. <laughs> he's yeah. honest. Yeah, he's a girls, girls, girls. The same thing he said about Theater of Pain. He said if it wasn't for the singles, there's not much going on with that album. Yeah, you know what's funny? <laughs> when they released, like, the 20th or whatever anniversary of this album, like a special edition, you know, I remember reading The Dirt, and Nikki Six talking about like how man, if it wasn't for the singles on this album, it would have bombed and we would have been nothing. But then on the he's advertising for the you know 40th anniversary of Girls 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 the re-release, and he's like, man, this is one of our best albums, this is one of our greatest, <laughs> our comeback. You know, I'm like, well, he always changes the narrative. Nikki's full. It's because he's, he's full, full of shit. shit. He's yeah. full of shit. Vince he wasn't full Nikki of hair when he was full of shit. That's right. Take a laxative, Nikki. Okay, moving on. Okay, but Bushy loves this. Do you want to... Wait, wait. Before we move on, to be fair, because this is Bushy's favorite song on the album, do you want to say anything else about On the Name of Dot Dot Dot? <laughs> yeah, for sex is sex, I'd sell my soul. <laughs> all right. Damn Great it. fucking song. All right. All right. God bless you, Bushy. Okay, yeah. now we're going to something for nothing. Now, it made me think of this... Really great Cinderella song, Nothing for Nothing. Oh, <laughs> That's a great song. That's that a awesome. good fucking song. And I realized that apparently it's better to have nothing for nothing than something for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I paid Motley Crue. Yeah, this something for nothing. That's a good analogy for this album. So I gave Motley Crue my money, and I got nothing in return. I could see how some people, except for maybe Bushy, might think this is a step up from all in the name of dot dot dot, and it is. A little bit, I guess, but it's still a shit song. This is them trying to be like Aerosmith with a kind of bluesy kind of riff, and but again, listen, I'm sorry, Aerosmith's on such a different level as musicianship. You know, in terms of musicianship, they they have groove, they have soul, they they actually practice their instruments for more than just two years. <laughs> they have a bass player that can play the fucking bass and a drummer that actually has swing and soul. Joey Crane, yeah. very underrated drummer. That rhythm section, Aerosmith, come on. We're talking about fucking, fucking big dick Tommy Lee that has no soul or swing and a fucking bassist that you never hear except for maybe one or two notes. <laughs> 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 one of which, uh, what's the song where you hear is, oh, it's this song, that's right. Okay, Nikki Six. This is where I want to talk about Nikki Six's shit bass playing. Okay, so Nikki Six comes on with that slide in the very beginning. You know, you hear jump. <laughs> That's what you hear. You hear jump. Like he's doing something. It sounds something. like he fucks something up. Like, oh, it shit. sounds like a fucking 10-year-old fucking trying to play a bass for the first time. Jump. Yeah. And then it goes away. Like, for most of the album, you don't really hear bass. It's mercy. You, know, you hear zoom, and then it goes away, and there's no more bass. And... I tell you, there, you know there's something rotten in Denmark when the guy who writes all the songs for the band is the bassist, and yet the bass is mixed down really low. <laughs> no, no, seriously, think of like Motorhead, Iron Maiden, Overkill. Think of bands where the bassist is the main songwriter. That fucking bass is up high in the mix. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> but... But in Motley Crue, he mixes the bass so low, it's like fucking Injustice for All. 
Yeah. And he's the main songwriter. What the Like, he can change that shit, but he doesn't. He's like, fucking hide that bass. He's like, no, I don't want people hearing the fact that I can't play bass. I don't want people to make fun of me. I don't even... How does he write a song? I don't know, man. I don't know. Because whatever instrument he's writing on, he's embarrassed to have you hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you fuckers are like a Bobby Doll or lot right now, aren't you? Oh, oh, Bobby Doll fucking kicks ass compared to Nikki Six, and Bobby Doll's a shitty bass player. I even I can't tell you what Nikki Six's bass playing style is. I have no idea. Even on the good albums, like you know, Shot of the Devil, I don't. You know, I didn't hear the bass on that album, so I don't know what he sounds like. All I, Bobby Doll can play the bass. Not very good, but he can play it. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to talk about his bass playing on J.R.S. Rock, but I got hold of it. Because I can't hear him on that song. But anyway, anyway, so he's got the zoom, zoom from the beginning, and then it goes into this really lazy, sloppy, dumb Aerosmith ripoff riff. One of Mick Mars's weakest riffs ever. It's very generic. And they got no soul, they got no swing. Uh, you know, Vince, he's doing his best. He's the VIB on this album, he's you know. Trying. He's trying. He's trying. But, yeah, he's this working fuck. with the shit that they give him. That guy, you know, he, he, man, you give Vince Neil some good musicians and this guy can shine. But with this fucking clown group, no, nah, it sucks. Anyway, so what do you think of Something for Nothing, Eric? I'll tell you what, Vince Neil, the reason he's so fat is because he has he has a back injury from carrying this fucking band all these fucking years. I'll say this, man. Not a bad song. Is it the greatest thing they've ever written? Fuck no. But it's not bad compared to the shit we've listened to so far in the album that isn't Wild Side. It, it's not bad. Um, you know, on an album like this, as horrible as it is, it, it, it sounds like a fucking masterpiece. Um, I liked it a little bit better when I was younger. Uh, don't like it as much as I do now, but I think I still think it's a pretty damn catchy song. I think the chorus is pretty damn good. Cool. Um, but not bad, not bad. You know, I, I, I'd give it like a, a three out of five rating. Not bad. Yeah, Mike, what do right. you think of it? I'm gonna go uh, take a piss. Uh, is this the return of the Motley Crue Gospel Hour? What's with the fucking? Pointer Sister bullshit Falcon vocals, man. Just whatever, man. I hate it. More tribe. Fucking sucks. Can we move on? <laughs> yeah, Bushy's got to uh, talk. Bushy, what do you think of something for nothing? Wow, tripe. I don't, I don't know that it's tripe. It's tripe. Uh, <laughs> to my I, ears, it's tripe, dude, okay? I'm just saying. I, I dig this one too, although I'll say next to Nona, it's probably one of the weaker songs on the album. I, I still dig it. Um, I like the subject matter. It's a little twist because it's more of a gigolo song as opposed to just, you know, banging hoes and paying them like they were talking about in uh, Theater of Pain. You know, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Again, I don't ever skip it. I dig it. But it's probably one of the weaker songs on the album. <clears throat> all right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. And now we're moving to the the, the hit ballot, although it wasn't oh, a Jesus. hit. It wasn't a hit because it sucks. But, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but they thought it might be. Anyway, you guys listening to the same record I was listening to? Oh yeah, I sad, sadly, yeah. Hey, all I can tell you is is when I was coming of age, Doctor Feelgood era, 
I knew Home Sweet Home. They still showed that video a lot. I knew Wild Side. That song is amazing. I knew even Looks That Kill. I knew all those songs. I never saw the video for this. So I, got banned. I didn't know this song was. Oh, a, I got banned, but I yeah, I didn't know. Maybe that's why. But yeah, but no. Listen, this song's not good. And I'm sorry, Bushy. I'm just gonna explain why it's not good. In my opinion, it's just opinions. But okay, I never I, get mad at opinions. Ask yeah. Metal Mike. <laughs> but you can hear now. Obviously, Tommy Lee is a co-writer on this. Because what the fuck? Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Because it's a Casio keyboard that his dick hit a couple chords on, and <laughs> and so he's a co-writer, and it's like Home Sweet Home, except for his dick actually hit some good chords on that one. Now, <laughs> Home Sweet Home, just to show you, I ain't a hater. I, I love, love Home Sweet Home. I, you see, he, Eric's not a hater too. I love a great power ballad. Home Sweet Home, beautiful a song. Guest. Beautiful song. Chokes me up. Still to this day, I love Home Sweet Home. It's I want of- that song played at my funeral. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far. But, <laughs> but it's a great song. I do love it. But this song, this this song ain't no Home Sweet Home. All right? I could see they're going for it. But like the rest of this, most of this album, it's lazy. It's not all together. It just sounds sloppy. The guitar works sloppy. It's kind of... Vince is trying to. I, the best thing about it is Vince's vocals. Like he's, you know, he's singing it good. He's trying to make something out of this piece of shit. But it's a lazy, sloppy ballad. It's not that memorable. I always kind of forget what it sounds like until I listen to it. And then when I listen to it, I go, "Yeah, that's right. It's not that good." And it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's not a good song. It's probably about mid tier on this album. But that is no picnic. What do you think of your All I Need, Eric Jordan, oh, RMC? All I need is a good fucking song for once. This song <laughs> fucking sucks. I, I and much like Edwin, I didn't even know there's a video for this fucking song till years, years later. This song fucking sucks, man. And they're trying to do like the whole thing, like, oh, we wrote like a beautiful ballad, but ooh, there's demented lyrics. Fuck you, Lizzie Borden, like, two years earlier, did the same thing with a better song called Love You to Pieces, a badass ballad that with, like, the rules. Fuck yeah, listen to Love You to Pieces, and that's way fucking better. If Lizzie Borden didn't look like Ogie Ogothorpe from Slapshot, and he looked like Vince Neil, that song would have been a fucking hit. This song fucking blows, it sounds like some fucking gay-ass Richard Marks fucking bullshit. I oh, you're out of your song. fucking mind. The, yeah, the Richard Marks is much it. better in this. The video's pretty cool, but the song sucks. Fuck this song, is fucking pussy-ass shit. I'm waiting for Debbie Gibson to start singing the fucking lyrics for that stupid-ass piano. Fuck this shit, blows, it licks my ass. Motley Crue's my balls, and this song's my dick. Bushy, what the fuck do you think of it? Yeah, you go, Bushy. <laughs> You guys are out of your fucking mind. I need to crack open our fucking because of this song. I, I'm half fucking cocked because of the anal rape that I'm taking from you guys. <laughs> I, uh, I I love this fucking song. I think it's one of the greater uh, Motley Crue ballads. Whoa, I'm, wow. I'm a huge fan of it. Vince's vocals are so on point. And Mick, he's not getting credit for those little lead fills he's doing, that, you know, like especially during the chorus. I love the solo. The, the video was great. It was banned from MTV. You had to wait forever. You had to get a damn 
you know, it was shown once, and if somebody had the recording, you could watch it. You know, it, I love this song. Yes, is it dark? Absolutely. But that's the same reason I like uh, what that Avenged Sevenfold song, uh, oh, Peace of Heaven or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Avenged <laughs> <laughs> Sevenfold, God damn! <laughs> Great band, underrated. Oh, that's like chick rock. That was like total chick rock when I was in high school. Uh, I was well out of high school when they came out. Jesus, but no, uh, you're all I need. I think it's I, I think it's a dynamite ballad. It's up there with the great power uh, power ballads of the '80s. I have no complaints about this song at all. Which song's better, "Home Sweet Home" or "You're All I Need"? "Home Sweet Home." Oh, thank That's God. Okay. This man does have some common sense. That we Come are. on, I'm not, I'm not crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Mike, Mike, what do you think of your all? All right. Um, for one, I'm one of those few people that actually did like Home Sweet Home because I felt like at the time, especially, I thought it was one of the better songs off uh, Dear Pain. I thought Damn. it was because it was from the heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's genuine. I don't really mind good. a good ballad if it's genuine. Um, this song, I don't hate it. I just feel like they were kind of trying to be Alice Cooper with this. Like, or you know, Lizzie Alice Borden. Cooper or Lizzie Borden. But yeah, like, to me, I can't, I was thinking of Alice Cooper, but I, you know, kind of like Only Women Bleed, you know, or something like that. Because yeah. that's a more mellow song, but it's about a, a, a an abusive husband, you know, battering his wife. I mean, the lyrical content is really disturbing. I love the lyrical content in this. I even think Vince does a good job with the lyrics, man. And I do feel he channels a little bit of Alice, like that part where he's like, but you didn't love me. That just reminded yeah. me of Alice Cooper big time. Um, so I put so, you to sleep. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck um, yeah. But, <laughs> I, hey, I said I liked Vince's vocals. That's the best yes, thing about yes, the song in my yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's okay. I didn't hate it. I don't... I, I don't think it's as good as Home Sweet Home, though. You know, it's it's. But I I thought Vince's vocal delivery was really good, and and I do like the lyrical content. So, you know, I'm and, getting... and a much better guitar solo. Oh yeah, that's right, Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home is an amazing guitar solo by Mick that. Mars. That is one of Mick's best guitar solos. I Agreed. Think. So much emotion. Yeah. I actually prefer this solo. What the fuck, Bush? Hear me out. It <laughs> Damn is it. In its simplicity, I prefer this uh, solo. Fair enough. It's his opinion. You know, people got okay, opinions. Yeah, I'll give it that. It's his opinion. Okay, right enough of this Jesus. song. You know, I don't want to talk. It's bumming me out. Now let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, to a very mediocre cover of Elvis's Jailhouse Rock. Oh, oh, you're being God. kind. It's mediocre? This fucking blows. Mediocre? That's pretty... Uh, that's pretty hey, nice. listen. Listen. Keep in mind, Motley Crue can't really play their instruments. <laughs> so, and, and I can recognize the song. So they kind of, you know, if some kids in your high school band play a cover and you can recognize it, I go thumbs up. Like, you know what, the kids in the high school band probably would have done a better job. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, can, I can tell you, it makes me... I love when Nicky plays, he does the, the walking bass line, and this is one of the few times you can actually hear Nicky Six. And I laugh when I hear it, because I remember when I was a teenager that played bass and I remember when I got very excited the first time I did a old school rock and roll walk and bass line which is very easy to do but the but first you time you but the first time you do it but the first time you do it you're like wow 
I can make music. <laughs> this sounds like rock and roll. And oh. I'm very excited about it. So I'm sure when Nikki heard back the tape, he was like, wow, I can make music. I can make oh rock God, I can play the bass. I can play something that sounds kind of like 50s rock and roll. Except for if you actually listened to 50s rock and roll and you heard that those basses actually had a lot more groove and soul. But you, <laughs> you listen to them. And, but it reminds you of it. That's the thing. It's like, hey, this reminds you of what rock and roll sounds like. So even though it's not rock and roll, but it reminds you of it. So Nicky got very excited, and that's why he decided to finally crank the bass up in the mix. It's like, listen, I'm walking. I'm walking the bass. <laughs> now, so, uh, it, yeah, so it sounds like a teenager is playing the bass that got excited. Fucking drumming's nothing special as usual on this album. I will say this. Thick Mars' best solos, solos, in my opinion, are actually on this song. Holy shit! Ooh, thank <laughs> you. I think he does some. He does some good. He does some good flashy solos on this. I don't mind it. I like his solos on this. It's not bad. And Vince, per usual, does a decent job singing the song. Not a great cover. Not as good as ZZ Top's version. And even that version. And I'm a huge ZZ Top fan. But I don't like as much as the original. I generally don't like covers of this song. I like the Elvis version. The Blues Brothers version's alright at the end of the movie. But for the most part, I don't know. I just feel like it's an Elvis song. It doesn't really work with other people, in my opinion. But people like covering it for whatever reason. But This is a uh, good song. <laughs> I, I understand. But you know what I mean? Like So much of the song is Elvis and his personality. I don't know. I don't, I don't really fair. like it. That's fair. Yeah. There's something about it that I just don't like it when it's not Elvis. But, I mean, like I said, I've heard the ZZ Top version. So, like, you're not, you're not going to do better in ZZ Top. So, what, what are you guys doing? Just stop it. Don't cover this song. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel when <laughs> this is, like, an album track. <laughs> oh, this, is like, should be, like, a B-side on, like, or, like, a part of a live EP or something. But it's a, they got to fill up this album. And, you know, they got to go and bang porn stars and do drugs. So, you know, they got to fill it up with something. So so this fucking track happens. Jesus. But <laughs> anyway, so that's what I think of Jailhouse Rock, the the live Elvis Presley cover, as they say in parentheses, in case uh. you didn't know. Eric, what do you think of fucking Jailhouse Rock? Jailhouse Rock, they should have called their version Jailhouse Cock. Fuck this song. <laughs> I love this song when Elvis fucking does it, and yep. you know I have a very soft spot for Elvis Presley because my grandma, who I love to death, I miss her every day. She loved Elvis, so his music's very sentimental to me. It reminds me a lot of my grandma. Fuck Motley Crue, you butchered a fucking classic. I'd, I'd rather listen to the fucking John Stamos full house version from season four of <laughs> Just Married Becky than this shit. <laughs> Fuck oh, this fuck. shit. Molly Cruz, go fuck God. yourself. Can't be jailhouse rock. Fuck you. This is horrible. And there's another song that they recorded for this album that didn't end up on the album that should have been on here other than this fucking song or any of the shitty songs that isn't Wild Side on here. What the fuck were they thinking? Fuck this shit. I'd rather get a jailhouse cock in my fucking ass than listen to this piece of shit. Jesus Christ. Mike, what do you think of it? Well, I... Pretty much already said. Um, I'm my my sentiment. I mean, look. Um, 
honestly, to be really honest, the only cover Motley Crue's ever done that I've really that I thought was okay, pretty decent, was Helter Skelter. Hell yeah. Shout out. yeah, I thought they did a good job. Even uh, I like. I think tonight was okay by the raspberries. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, and it makes sense too because I know, you know, Nikki loves that, you know, that glam rock stuff. He was very influenced by it, so I, I you know, I get that. I, this, uh, yeah, dude, man, I'm sorry. It's it fucking pipes. All right, I mean, yeah, Elvis. Fuck, man. I mean, y- you know, if you're gonna cover the King, you better bring it, and it's. Yeah, fuck this song. Fuck, fuck this version. Of this song. All right, what what do you say about the final track on this masterpiece, Bushy? Oh <laughs> God! God. <laughs> oh Lordy, masterpiece of shit. You just stop it there, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I know. Hey, me, me and Bushy agree that we like mixed souls on this. So what do you think of this? Oh, absolutely. I think we're recorded live right here tonight. Why? And I think you got the fucking job. We got some fat beef boogie woogie for you, boys. I love this fucking track, I love this fucking track. This is a live recording. Vince sounds great. The band sounds like they're excited. They're on fire. I don't know when the fuck they recorded this shit. I'm a huge, huge Elvis fan. And I think this is a great live cover recording. Now, Metal Mike, I agree, man. Their Helter Skelter cover. Uh, I hate that song in general, but I love Motley Crue. What? Christian. What the fuck? He's, he's not a, he's a he's not metal a song. How can you hate that? What the fuck? I'm, you hate Helter Skelter. I, I'm not a fan of that jam. Sorry, guys. Oh, gee. Well, you like this album, so I mean, I don't know. Your ears don't work. <laughs> oh, it's man. starting to make sense, right? The first proto metal song, and he hates it. All right, dude. Fuck. I'm, are you? Do you like Black Sabbath? Really? I just wonder. Yeah, yeah like, like this is the same guy that said oh, he likes yeah. all in the name of like every song on the album. <laughs> that's like yeah, somebody yeah. saying, There's you know, man, I really love Thrash Metal, but fuck Overkill by Mo- uh, Motorhead, and fuck Simpson the Universe by Black Sabbath. No, all no, right, man. I'll get like it. I'll get it, dude. I'll get it. Sorry, I love Jesus it, Christ. No, I think it's a great tune, and uh, yeah, like Edward alluded, uh, man, Mick, dude, that guy. He can just fucking wail, and and I think he's underrated a lot. You know, Edward was saying, you know, he's a great rhythm guitar player. No, that motherfucker's got some leads. He's just a little more blues bass. He's in he's in that typical, you know, pentatonic minor scale that every fucking buddy played in back in the eighties. But this works. You can feel the energy. This is a great live recording. You know, the the the, the crowd pumped in at just the right level. It's a good, fun song. I love The King. I think it's a great cover. I think it's a great fucking way to end the record. Well, All right. I, I, I think it's glad, I'm glad it's done and over. Yeah. It's one of my favorite tracks because of that. It's like, yay, we're wrapping up. Like, thank God this <laughs> fucking album's over. <laughs> but, oh. but, but <laughs> one track one, that was omitted yeah. from the album that... Um, it was included as a bonus track on later releases that me and Edwin uh, we wanted to talk about. And I know Bushy and Mike listened to it right before the episode began. There's a song called Rodeo. And Edwin, I'll, I'll let you start first, like you have been. What do yeah, you think I've about only, the song Rodeo? I've only listened to it twice in my life. You introduced me to it because <laughs> I did not. Uh, I, I had the remastered Girls, 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 but it's funny because I remember like. 
when I saw what the bonus tracks were, I just like threw them in my trash can. <laughs> so I got the well, little. Most track. of them were like instrumental. They were just like live tracks and live tracks. Yeah, and, and I already knew this was one of the better albums, so I thought, oh, if this was an unreleased track, how bad must it be? So, <laughs> so I just, you know, I didn't even bother to listen to it. But uh, essentially, I just got this album because I liked Wildside, you know. So, so I didn't bother to listen to it. But you, you told me to listen to the song, so I listened to it, and I was, I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised. I actually think. This is a decent song, believe it or not. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not perfect. Musicianship still isn't that good, because Motley Crue's playing the instruments. But <laughs> it's, it's kind of an alright like song. Again, Vince, I really like his vocals. And to me, even though it's not on the level of like a home sweet home, it does sound like more of a sincere bout than you're all I need. I mean, I feel like this could have... I would have still kept You're All I Need, because even though I don't like that song, I guess it's one of the better songs on this album. I mean, I mean, if if the choice is between just some generic boogie-woogie rock song and a second ballot, then you might as well just have a fucking second ballot on this fucking album. Like, I don't see why uh, Rodeo didn't make the cut, because, you know, there's definitely half this album kind of was asking for something better, so... I don't, this song is, I don't, I don't, you know, get why it didn't make the cut. But it's, it also it reminds me a little of Merry-Go-Round from the first album. Which oh, don't, I, don't you fucking talk shit I, about Merry-Go-Round. Oh, what the fuck, Bushy? I'm surprised that Bushy doesn't like the song. I mean, I know you only listened to a little bit of it for the first time, but to me, it has a little bit of a Merry-Go-Round kind of vibe. It's it's I like the guitar work. It's a little interesting. It goes in the chorus is a catchy chorus, I think, and and I like the I like the vibe of it. It's kind of a you know like we're on the road kind of thing, and I dig it. I think it's a cool song. I think it's the second best song if it was on this album. It would have been my second favorite track after Wild Thing. Still a big drop off after Wild Thing, but it's it's a decent song. I kind of like it. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm crazy, but yeah, I kind of like Rodeo. What do you think of it, Air? This fucking song rules! This <laughs> is like, this, this is like almost like a, a good, uh, it's like a good secondary track to Home See Home, a song on the road. Like, this, this is fuck beyond belief that this song was included on the fucking album. You don't <laughs> include this song, but like you put a shitty cover of Jailhouse Rock all in the name of Five Years Fucking Dead Bad Boy fucking Boogie, like, did this song not meet the album's quality standard of shit? What the fuck? This song rules. It's amazing. It's like, did Nikki Six write this song and was like, oh shit, I wrote a good song? Leave this off the album. What the <laughs> fuck? This song fucking rules. Shivin' on the album. Great chorus. Great vocals by Vince. Just great songwriting from a band that really honestly are not great musicians. A uh, uh, great bass playing by Nikki, who can't even play a fucking bass or write a song to save his fucking life. This song rules. The reason this song was not included on the album will blow my mind. And and Mike, what what, what did you think of it? Well, I only listened to it the one time. It was all right. I, it's better than see. Nona. It was all right. <laughs> it, it, it was better than Nona. It was better. You know. I mean, yeah. I I mean, it's okay. You know. I I'm. You know, it's better be than fair, uh, You just heard it for the first time right before we I, recorded this. Right. So you haven't had time to absorb it yet. 
that's true. You know, like I only listened to it the one time, you know, and I'm like, ah, yeah, not bad, you know, not great, but not bad. That that was my first initial impression of it. When you listen to a Motley Crue song, I mean, that's pretty, that's as good as it fucking is. <laughs> No, no one's gonna like this song as much as you, Eric. I'll just say this, and I, I like it. Love this song, goddamn! <laughs> Not even. Yeah, no, I'm almost like, fuck it. I listen to the same song because it didn't blow me away. I like it. I don't like it as much as Eric. I like it. I, I definitely don't think the bass playing is great that Eric said. <laughs> but you're talking about Nicky Six, a guy that can't even fucking play the bass. Yeah, it's really obvious. Uh, even it's like, oh the- shit, my bass playing sounds good? Like, oh, don't put this on the album. No, 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 it doesn't sound good. It's, ba- it's shit bass playing. It's just, the song's decent, but the bass playing is horrible, I think. Uh, so what do you think of this song, Plushy? <laughs> okay, uh, now look, admittedly, I have only listened to it the one time as well. Um, but I, I, I had to take notes for this one song, because I'd never fucking listened to this garbage. <laughs> what? And I'm like, uh, uh, Home Sweet Home Part 2. I know why it wasn't included on this fucking record. Yeah, because this it's is, a good song. To, <laughs> to like this song is kind of like saying, I think I could fuck this bitch with AIDS without a condom, but only if I get five strokes in, I should be safe. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking garbage what? from what I heard the first time. You know, we already have two ballads. Nona at least harkens back to God Bless Number of the Beast with the acoustic guitar. I can at least relate that to Motley Crue. This shit, uh, I I don't know that I'll ever go back and listen to it again. And it's funny, I didn't even know I had this song. Because I've got the vinyl, and I've got the digital, and then I've got this updated digital that showed that I actually have this song. I've never heard this ever in my life. I don't know that I'll ever listen to it again. To think that this is anywhere near as good as you're all I need is insane. That that makes me think that if you like this song, you must like pizza casserole as opposed to a real slice of pizza. You don't know what the fuck you're yeah, talking about. Like, yeah, 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 like like rules, man. Time. It gives you more of the good shit. That New York pizza is just flat bullshit. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, horrible. Oh, horrible. So horrible. I'm the moderate here. I like the song. I think it's the second best song, but that's only because I think everything else is horrible. <laughs> this song fucking rules, man. Just, just I, give me I Wild Side and this song. Maybe this on a good day, maybe give me something for nothing, and that's all I fucking need. Uh, wild Side, Maxi Single. Anyway, that's, yeah. my final, that's my final verdict on this album. Uh, and Tommy Lee honking the boat horn with his dick. That's all I need. Alright guys I'm talking the book with his dick Sounds better than Most anything Off this fucking album So is there Bushy <laughs> Wait Bushy What favorite Motley Crue album Is this in your ranking Where this would you put my them? favorite Motley Crue record Really What no, the no, fuck Is that And that's subjectively Though right Yeah absolutely Subjectively This is the first album I heard in its entirety Even though I had heard Shout Because yeah. of my stepdad Because he had the vinyl but this is the one that spoke to me. It was everything I liked about rock metal at 12, 13 years old. Jesus. Well, you've been a real sport, Bushy. I gotta say, we didn't yeah, know that. You... I didn't know that this was your favorite Motley Crue album when I knew we were gonna shit all over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's okay because believe me, I, li- I listened to the, what is it, the, the best, worst of Motley Crue, Rock and Metal Combat. I, I know everybody's take on Crue. 
This is why we want you on the episode, though. We we need someone I mean, that can... Yeah. Even reviewing an album that we all hate, we need one person that actually does like it. It makes it yeah. more interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, anyway, thank you, guys. I want to ask both of you before we wrap up, uh, you know, in addition to those new songs that we heard, you know, from Ozzy and... Megadeth and Queensryche this week. Is there anything, uh, like, we'll start with you, Bushy. Is there Radical anything? recommendations. Yeah, anything cool that you've been listening to that you want to point people to? Listening to, i just been listening to that new Iconic album. Uh, man, that's super fucking killer. And I, like, Joel Holkstra is on guitars. Michael Sweet from Striper is on guitars and backing vocals. He doesn't take lead. Good, good metal record. Uh, definitely check that thing out, man. Uh, it's called Second Skin. It just dropped like a week ago. Uh, it, it's not a Christian rock record for all you people that might have problems with that out there in podcast land. Yeah. It, it's a good, solid <laughs> rock and roll record. And I also want to tell you that as we're recording this, you will have needed to go back on Sunday night <laughs> and go to the Reels channel because there's a two-hour uh, Vince Neil documentary. That is tomorrow night as we're recording. There's a two-hour oh. Vince Neil documentary coming on Reels. Nice. Oh, I will check that out. Oh, yeah, I, 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 even though I, I, I shit on Motley Crue a lot, but I am a big fan of Vince Neil. I think he's cool. Vince Neil's the only member of Motley Crue yeah. I really, really like. Well, Vince has had it tough, man. I mean, he's yeah. an alcoholic, and you know he's got overweight. Now, and, and Metal Mike has said it on our show. The man is just heartbroken after losing his daughter. I don't yeah, think he so, ever got over that. Yeah, I, I don't think he did either. And you know, I've told my kid is she's. You know, because I, I lose my mind when she goes home to New York for a month. And, it, yeah. you know, I lose my mind. I'm a depressed little bitch for two weeks before I finally pull myself out of it and can function as a normal human being. And she'll say, Dad, what are you going to do when I leave home? And she's going into her senior year right now. I say, yeah. I, I don't know. Eat a fucking bullet. This is all I've done for 17 years. Can we be alone? It's a shock, too, man. <laughs> yeah, right. I, mean, I still remember when your daughter was like that little girl crying when Dr. Fuck, you know, gave her a, a voicemail on her birthday, man. Now she's yeah, like, she was nine she's almost then, an adult, dude. man. It's just shocking, man, how yeah. time flies. Yeah, she yeah. was nine when that happened. Yeah. Huh? We're all getting old, ex- except for you, Eric. Although at some point, you will... <laughs> At some point, you'll be getting old, too. I'm a, yeah, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting uh, fat now. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting old yet. But you will be. You will be. In about 10 years, you'll be getting hey, old. I've always been, I've always been the old guy because I was always the weird kid that liked old movies and old music. You know, So I was, I was always the get-off-your-long guy, even when I was young. Well, yeah, you're like the guy that, like, I don't like that 90s grunge. I want to listen to 80s metal. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> But, Bushy, I'm glad you mentioned that that album because I uh, I, I didn't mean to listen to that because I've always thought Michael Sweet's super underrated as a guitarist and it's kind of cool he's doing a a project where he's just doing like guitar work and not any vocals. Yeah, it's all backing vocals and and he has said publicly on on his uh, Facebook page and such that if it ever gets to the point that he can't sing anymore, at least he, he knows he can fall back on his guitar player. I think he's even better than... And Oz Fox, I think, is a great guitar player, but I think Michael Sweet's just slightly better. I think he's amazing. He just He's such a good singer that, that overshadows his guitar yep. playing. Look at right. that, Eric. We agreed on something. I don't hate Hell yeah. We're right on, man. <laughs> nice way. Nice way to wrap that up there. All right. Well, uh, Mike, anything you want like to recommend that you've been digging on this week? Yeah, um... There's a thrash metal band. They're part of the new wave of thrash metal that, of course, started nice. in the, you know mid to early aughts. Uh, they're 
by the name of Warbringer. I seen them live a few weeks ago. They were one of the bands that opened up for Cavalera when they performed, yeah. uh, um, which were two of my favorite Sepultura albums, uh, Beneath the Remains and Arise. Uh, it was an amazing show. And these I guys, I never, I'd never seen Warbringer live before, but I knew about them, and nobody in my group did, and they blew us away. I actually talked to the, the singer, and I'm going to try to get in um, contact with him to line up an interview with him really cool dude their latest album is 2020's weapons of tomorrow i mean yeah if you like death angel and exodus and testament and bands of that nature and even some overkill you, you really need to check these guys out man yeah. fucking killer killer thrash metal amazing band dude i i actually i missed out on that show and i kind of regret my one of my buddies uh one of my buddies aiden I uh, hope he's listening to this episode. Uh, my buddy Aiden, man, he he saw that show and uh, Warbringer was there, and I didn't even know Warbringer was opening. Maybe yeah. if I knew their opening, I would have probably checked it out. Cause I, I love Sepultura, but I'm not as familiar with them. But man, I right. love me some Warbringer. So I, oh, I would dude, I'll tell you that. what, the Sepultura, the Cavalera show, it's as close as you're going to get to classic Sepultura. Yeah, I don't hate them. Amazing. I'm just like they're a band. I need to. I still need to. Like dive deeper into. Yes, you should because I'm telling you, great band. One of the they're one. They were one of my favorite bands in, in that period we were talking about, right there with Pantera and the others. Yeah, man, I loved me some Sepultura. So yeah, um, they're fucking great, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there you go, man. That's my. Uh, what did we call it? The pick of the week, plug of the week. What do we call it? Uh, here? Radical recommendation. Radical recommendation. All right, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. we got we got permission yeah, from yeah, Mick. Yeah, guess what, Metal Mike? We're still plugging though. Our <laughs> fucking show's called the plug, man. Well, there you go. Well, why don't you plug your show? Because you kept going. You kept going. Oh well, you know, you got anything to promote? I'm like, promote. We're plugging that shit, dude. That's what we do. Loves baby. Pathetically fucking subjective. Um, yes, you can listen to our podcast, of course, on iTunes, Podbean, and a host of other places. Also, make sure you check out that metal station. Bushy does a show every Saturday morning. I do a show every Friday night with my co-host, Bill Ferrillo. And there's a lot of other awesome DJs there as well. Um, I'm really proud of the station and how far we've come and what we're doing. And, um, oh, yeah. You know, when I first joined, man, I wasn't... I just... I had no, like, I was kind of like almost computer retarded, honestly, guys. I I mean, I knew how to surf the internet, but that was about it, you know? <laughs> and Scott had this ad in Bill Wayne's Facebook group page, man, and um, looking for DJs. And I already knew what TMS was because they had started airing the uh, podcast, uh, Rock and Metal Pod Combat Podcast. So, really, honestly, I wouldn't be doing any of this if it weren't for Ralph and Ian. That's just the honest to God's truth. Because they're the we ones can all say Scott that. Green yeah. and Bill Wayne, and, and 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 that's what I did. I saw Scott's ad and I answered it, and I was like, "Look, man, I'm I'm going to warn you right now. I'm I'm technologically and fucking computer retarded. I go, but what <laughs> I like at, I more than make up for because I I love all kinds of music, but my first love is always going to be hard rock and heavy metal. You know, yeah. Some of my DJs try to stray away. Yes, um, I got two of them. One's a movie and one's music. So real quick, I'm going to give the movie recommendation. Um, I, my wife went to do errands like most of the day today, so I was at home and I, I cleaned the house. And when I clean the house, I usually put on some music or uh, like a movie or something in the background. Well, I put on uh, the original Godzilla King of the Monsters movie, 
And right after that, they played the original uh, Japanese cut, which was called Gorgira. I totally recommend watching that Japanese cut of uh, Godzilla, known as Gorgira. Nothing against the American cut, but the American cut's definitely a lighter tone. They kind of change it up a lot. I really love that Japanese version. It's just the, the story it tells is just so much better. It's real dark. Um, yeah. It's real serious. It's a very like you know anti nuclear war theme going on in that movie, and which makes total really, sense. And yeah, it's a really good story you know, too. I mean, just the whole story of the doctor with this—he's got this weapon of mass destruction that can, which is the only thing that could really take down Godzilla. But he doesn't want to expose it because he doesn't want this whole thing of nuclear war continuing with a. Uh, another superpower getting a hold of this weapon and like using it you know against another country and it's by you know a country that was only like a couple of years removed from the whole yeah you know, oh yeah. yeah it's a really yeah. good story it's really dark kind of depressing but it's a really good story i re- really recommend watching the japanese version of the original godzilla movie known as gorgira and as far as my musical review uh, or my musical recommendation um, I definitely recommend Lizzie Borden, uh, Love You to Pieces, his debut album. Oh my god, I mentioned it earlier in the episode, man. It, you know, you're all I need is basically a shitty version of Love You to Pieces, the title track, by Lizzie Borden of a, a ballad with the real dimension. I, if you love Iron Maiden, Ozzy Osbourne, Kiss, or like any of those bands, Queensryche even, listen to fucking Lizzie Bourne, Love You to Pieces, man. There's so many just killer tracks on there. Red Rum, Godava, um, Council for the Coundrone, Psychopath, just, you know, Lizzie Bourne's just one of my all-time heroes, and it's also, too, his birthday was just recently. He's just like, to me, he's the GOAT. I fucking love Lizzie Borden. Oh, Lizzie's great, man. He's yeah. my number, after, um... Uh, after like original Van Halen, he's my number two. He's taking oh, Kiss wow. as my number two. I just I adore Lizzie Borden. I love his theatric like his theatrics on stage, his voice, the music. I love every album of his. I'm not a big fan of Master of Disguise, but every other album he's done is amazing. Yeah, Master of Disguise kind of didn't do much for me. I have to yeah, say, but I, I love Lizzie. I think he's great. He's always kind of changed his style with every album. I know every album too. He's like a David Bowie. He changes like the character he plays, like his look. You know, and I I just adore Lizzie Borden. He's one of my all-time favorites. I hope to see him in concert soon. But if you're gonna listen to an album of his, listen to "Love You to Pieces." Amazing Fucking album, right? Great recommendation. Bro. <laughs> yeah, and I Great should be doing a review with the Rock and Roll Combat podcast on that album someday in the future. Uh, all right, all right. Hey, did you know I that, Eric? I don't even understand, but I'm gonna check out Lizzie Borden because, to be honest, oh, yeah, I've, I've never heard a single thing. I, yeah, I don't like Lizzie Borden, dude. Mike, I don't think uh, Eric would like Adira, the band. Uh, oh, really? I, yeah, I, 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 them out. I need to check them out still. You might. But I don't know. I don't think it's really about the them is that they originally called themselves Godzilla, and then they get a cease and desist thing, so they like. I'll, I'll make the snappy stuff <laughs> for three hours, and one of us has to wrap this shit up. Um, I'm going to recommend actually a, tw- a 2016 Godzilla movie, which. I think it's the second best Godzilla movie after the, that Japanese cut that you're talking about, which I agree with you, and I think that's the best Godzilla movie. But 
In 2016, Toho, a lot of people don't know, they kept making gazelle movies, even though they have like a shared licensing thing where the Americans can make gazelle movies, which, you know, usually aren't that good. And uh, the Toho movies, they still made some good ones, some better than others, but they made a great one. Did you ever hear of uh, Shin Gazelle from 2016, Eric? I heard of it. I still have yet to see it, though. Check it out. You'll like it. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's great. I think it's the second best Godzilla movie after the first one. Like the original, it's it's like an analogy. They're kind of um, talking about there was like a tsunami incident in the in the um, in the two thousands where they thought the government was like dropping the ball. Yeah. And it, I think a lot of people would re- relate to this shit after the past few years we've had. It's kind of like about the how large bureaucracies fail the pu- public and fail people, and essentially people are like arguing. All these the, the government officials are all like arguing with each other while Gazelle's like fucking up the city. So it's kind of like a dark comedy. Like there's lots of scenes where these people are like arguing about. Well, let's get this expert to decide what this is while Gazelle's yeah. fucking destroying the city. Like in the old <laughs> days, just sent the army out to get him. Now in this movie. <laughs> They're, they're fighting about it, like, you know... Yeah, second-guessing themselves. Yeah. And it's, it's a really great satire, plus it has really cool practical effects mixed in with just a little bit of subtle CGI stuff. It's yeah, a, I like the guy. In, I like a guy in a rubber suit. I hate still a guy in a suit. CGI. That's nice. Thing. It's, it's That's still a guy in a suit. They just kind of enhance him a little bit. Okay, um, deal yeah, with it's, that. It's a really cool movie. I recommend... Shin Godzilla musically I'm gonna go I've been on a big Saxon kick and hell yeah for, for a long time I really I only had their 80s albums and but oh, you dude, know their last few releases have been great. last few ones have been pretty damn good I, I, I'm going back even farther I think at least from the sound of it it's not like they I I, I didn't really like their hair metal late 80s kind of sounding stuff. Yeah. But but they start to pick up again in the 90s midway through. And then I think they start to... It sounds like they really start hitting their stride in the 21st century. I'm going to uh, 2001's Killing Ground. I really love this album. And I'm excited to get to these more recent albums because, hey, they sound like they start to get into a good groove in the early 21st century so if they kept on making great music like this and so far i like the one after it too lionheart a lot too so oh, dude dude oh, i'm telling no. you right now carpe diem their most recent one that just came out thunderbolt sacrifice i, I called i'm excited lionheart's probably my favorite of the modern I, album. I love lionheart i'm going with killing ground though even though i love lionheart hey, another awesome. great fucking album man uh, i'm going with killing ground because i think it's a good entry point and then if from the sound of it, keep going. <laughs> from, yeah, and, oh, so, yeah. Yes. And, and Killing Ground. The newest one is amazing. Yeah. But like, it has actually a really cool cover of uh, King Crimson's The Court of the Crimson King. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a great like, ACDC-ish sounding song called Hell Freeze is Over I like. Dragon's Lair is a badass song. And, you know, it's a perfect balance of, I would say, their kind of more hard rock stuff mixed in with the more new wave British heavy metal kind of stuff. It's a great entry point, I think, into this more recent phase, which sounds like, from the sound of it, sounds like they're one of these bands like Overkill, like Motorhead. Sounds like they're going to be fairly consistent. I haven't dived into the... I have the later stuff. I bought it all. I'm, like, kind of diving into it in chronological order. Cool, and, cool. and so far, like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that their last few albums are, are really good because 
so far, I'm really impressed with this 21st century shit I've been hearing so far. So, I'm excited, and at some point we'll do a Saxon episode, definitely. Cause Damn right. They sound like they're one of these bands... Again, like, I don't want to always be throwing shade at Iron Maiden, but I can already tell you, like, Lionheart and Killing Ground are more like what I wish Iron Maiden was doing in the 21st exactly. century. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really catchy, awesome British heavy metal. I'm really. And he into- still, and Biff Biper still has it. Edwin. Oh, amazing. I seen them a couple of years ago in a small club with uh, Black Star Riders, which of course is the modern incarnation of Thin Lizzy. And yeah. holy fuck, man, they were great. They were I saw, great. I saw it too. I saw they were opening up for uh, Judas Priest at the Firepower tour. And yeah, but that's what's cool is that tour. But Judas yeah. Priest didn't come to St. Louis. And I yeah. guess they were taking a few days off, so Saxon did a fucking small club. So you got more songs. Yeah, I only got yeah, yeah. Short great. It was great, dude. It was so good, man. Yeah, Vip like, sounds great. He sound, yeah, he, yeah. he looks so awesome. He's got the long gray hair. He's like fucking yeah, yeah, like a fucking wizard or some shit. <laughs> fucking heavy metal r- wizard. And he sounds amazing. They're an awesome band. I'm excited to keep diving into their albums. Uh, well, I mean, let me know what you think, man. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah, I definitely will. And I'm sure, like, you know, I'm sure I'm going to like them because so far I'm liking pretty much most of their shit and they sound like they're on an upswing here. Like, they sound like this is their, at least going into the 21st century. Killing Ground and Lionheart, I think are their two best albums post The Power and the Glory from what I've heard so far. And I also like uh, Unleash the Beast was pretty good too in the late 90s. I like that album too. So, I'm sure it's going to be good. They they sound like they're a fucking solid-ass band, Saxon. So, right on. So, that's my oh, recommendation. Yeah. Bushy, Mike, such a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Hell I'm yeah. Totally like, thanks for having us. <laughs> Bushy, yeah. thank you for being a good sport. You're such a good sport, man. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know it was your favorite album. <laughs> oh, no. It, it, it's all good, man. It, I, dude, I kept I, I, so I have a feeling Bushy was going to like this group. album a lot. So I'm like, we need it. We need one guy that's going to like this album. Worked out perfectly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, know, hey, I'm, if I was recommended. <laughs> I also recommend an episode of the Plug Podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, I would recommend that Motley Crue vs. Rat episode. It's a great fucking episode. And honestly, yeah, after listening to that one, if you enjoy it, man, check out the rest of our show. It's a great fucking podcast. I fucking love the Plug. Great well, thank show. Thank you, guys, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and you know what? We that. feel the same way about you, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Make sure check out that fucking Megadeth episode. It's fucking awesome. Because you guys covered an album that I think doesn't get enough love, man. It's because it's sandwiched between two fucking masterpieces. Yep. People just don't talk about it. So far, yeah. so good, so what? Fucking Oh, movies. what a great fucking record. I, I don't know how I missed that episode, but uh, I'm, I'm, I can listen to podcasts all day at work. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be sure to check that one out. I don't know how I missed Totally, it. man. It's great. Definitely check it out, and it's no, long. I get so. notifications when anyone drops a new episode, so I'm normally on it. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, you, <laughs> sometimes a few guys slip past you. Anyway, I can't talk anymore. Um, All right, guys. I, I did a video one. right before doing this. That was a three-hour nice. video. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! god. So I, I did a, a three-hour video by myself, and then three hour over three hours with you knuckleheads. I won't be able to talk for. 24 hours. <laughs> you know, that's that's so funny, Edwin, because I did my uh, radio show from 10 to 1 today. Metal Mike calls me Tuesday night and say we can't do the show. We can record it later this week. And I was like, 
when are you off? He said, yeah, Saturday. I'm like, bitch, you want me to do 10 to 1 on the radio, <laughs> and then do three hours with your ass, and then get on with fucking rock all over you? I am not sitting in front of my computer all day. <laughs> Uh, so then I was like, all right, all right, all right. Take a nice, go out to a park or something tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to work, unfortunately. Normally I'd be off, but I'm trading days so I could have next Sunday uh, or Saturday off. So, yeah. All right. Well, well, thanks a lot, Bushy. Sounds Thank like you did even more talking to me. <laughs> All right. Well, I tried it. Dude, I, I don't know who edits this, but between Eric and Metal Mike, if those two guys did a podcast, they would all be six hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that almost happened, Bush. I, I, it was so. Eric who reached out to me right after you did. Stolen. <laughs> All right, later, guys. Later, guys. Take care, guys. Keep fighting. You guys, be there. Thanks so much. Man. Great time. Right. Later. Bye, bye. bye.